Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 180. Uh, and joining us this week, returning guest Cliff Montoni, back for a little uh, holiday discussion, a little talk about the brewery, about the upcoming comedy show, Saturday the 8th, brought to you by Maiden Utica, uh, Comedy CNY, and Saranac Brewery, maidenutica.com slash shop slash comedy for info on that. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about uh, Claudia Tinney's concession speech, Anthony Brindisi making his way to Congress, we're like three weeks late on that. Uh, we'll talk about George W. Bush, talk about the G20 Summit, Kareem Hunt history lessons, all sorts of wild news, and we'll listen to a list of ranking the holiday movies, and we'll decide if they're bored or not. Uh, all that and more, folks. As always, we are very happy to have you here 22 days before the big one. Get your shopping done. let the viewers know that Charlie the Cat is very vocal here yeah. today in the studio, more than normal, so he he seems like he wants to be a part of the show today. Welcome back! We're back, folks! It's the Uticast, episode 180. Oh, I know. That 180 round number makes me nervous, and I gotta start thinking about it. What are you nervous about? Let's figure out something good for 200. I think a good, like, somebody new, maybe, or maybe somebody old. It's true, only 20 more weeks. Well, you we gotta start thinking about it. I gotta... <laughs> I start thinking about it. <laughs> uh, well, it's only 20 more weeks until episode 200. It is only three more weeks until Christmas. The holiday shopping cycle has begun. It is the first day, second day of Hanukkah. So shalom to Mark Simon and the rest of our Jewish compatriots out there in the podcasting rest world. Of our, rest, of the, rest of the listeners are members of the tribe. <laughs> I love it. Where's my man Goldstein celebrating the second candles tonight? Gotta light it. That's my impression of it. That was good. That's what he sounds really like. Really good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did a little bit of Christmas shopping. Did you guys start your Christmas shopping? Yes, no? Um, I'm in what we call the pre-production phase of Christmas shopping. <laughs> pre-production. Doing a lot of uh, planning, storyboarding, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, script retouches. I've only got one present locked in. I haven't purchased it yet, but I know one thing that I'm getting mm -hmm. for somebody that I'll tell you afterwards, but I won't say in the air because this person does listen, I know, occasionally. But other than that, yeah, I'm completely mm. still in the research phase. R&D. Heather, where's your, where's your Christmas shopping? Not a lot, just filling the cart. <laughs> How many people do you have to buy for? Not a lot. Not to say. Like a couple, like five or six people. How many things, how many things do you and Zach get for each other? Um, actually, this will be the first year we're not really doing much. No, because, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, this will be the first year we're not really doing a lot. We're kind of saving money to um, go skiing. So. Nice. There you go. That's a way to do it, yeah, though. Yeah, because it's really expensive to stay out in like Vermont and stuff, so we want to kind of use our money towards that way. You still going to give him something anyway? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Can't say anything. I see. I understand. <laughs> he actually listens. I understand. Uh, I also think it's important, and I haven't brought this up on the show yet, or to Heather, but Kevin knows a little bit about this. Uh, starting in January, um, I get into my back half of my grad school stuff, where I start my last semester of non-student teaching related classes. Now, one of my classes is an online class, so fine. The other one is only scheduled from 6 to 8.30 on Monday nights. No. So we need to make some sort of decision coming up about whether we want to do the show a day later 
do it a day earlier, change the time, whatever. The discussion needs to be had off the air at some point in time. I don't know why I chose to do this right now. Just Nobody let, does. I'll let people know. Well, because I'm curious if you, if the listeners out there have any thoughts. If you'd prefer a show that was taped the day before or a show taped the day after and just rotate the schedule a day one way or the other. And literally all it takes is one cleverly worded tweet to get this show on a different day. So if you've got some thoughts, put them yeah, out there. It's very true. That's yeah, all one, it's going to take. Yeah. Um, I was just I was holding this uh, magazine because we got I was a at yeah we got a copy catalog. Uh, catalog from one of my favorite uh, companies the best made company in okay. New York and I was looking through this catalog and it just made me sad because everything <laughs> is so outrageously expensive yeah but that's a company where things are like hilariously priced yeah they're like selling they're selling brass two brass dice for like forty dollars so let's let's just open this up to the first page oh the my cap gosh. of yeah the cap of courage it's three different types. Of beanie hats, one made of cashmere, one made of merino wool, one made of lamb's wool. The lamb's wool one is $65. That's the cheapest one. The highest one is $128. That's crazy. I just can't imagine. Probably lasts forever. Would you want a cashmere winter hat like that? I mean, if I had money like that, of course. I feel like the lamb... Anyway. anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, what do you mean? (laughs) Check out... Soft and enveloping your hat? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heather, I have a question for you. I saw a parenting technique. Okay. I thought I did something. No, 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 no. no, no. I've also got questions for Heather. We'll see if they're on or off. Uh, So I heard something on one of my uh, my life hacker blogs that I read, and it was for parents, and it was called instead of a timeout, what you should try is something called a time in. Have you heard about this before? No, and I'm usually up on everything. You're up on it's okay. So the idea is the main difference between a timeout and a time in is that instead of removing a child uh, from the family to sit in the room in a corner by themselves. You're supposed to sit with them and yes. speak softly with them about their feelings okay. and their emotions. I did hear something similar to that, and I do agree with it, depending on the child. Um, my son can't even stand to be in a room by himself with the door closed. Right, Therefore, it freaks out. if we put him in a separate room when he's already lost his mind, it's just going to make him worse. But if we put him in timeout in the room that we're in, and we sit there, and we're there with him, but he still has to be there, then I think it's okay. For a thing that like every parent does... Like has been doing for like as long as I can remember. I don't feel like timeouts ever a super effective method of like dealing with your kids. And like in my experience of seeing kids around, I would have to imagine that it probably depends very heavily, like Heather said, on the kid and what you know how they process and what their yeah. rewards are and yeah. what punishments see, are effective for them. That's true because see, I would tell Kaz you have to go to timeout. He'll stop what he's doing. He does not want to be alone in timeout. He does not want to have to sit somewhere. So he literally will stop what he's doing because he does not want to go in that chair. Mm-hmm. by himself mm. it's just how he's and some kids would probably not care I that. saw an I'd excellent think. example of this we were at a Hanukkah brunch this weekend mm-hmm. and I saw a friend of ours who was a mom and a great mom some wonderful kids uh, take the older of her two boys who's got maybe three three and a half yeah and he was throwing balls in the house and almost like hit something when she had a very firm but you know <laughs> Wasn't like mad, wasn't angry, but that kid knows, hey, we don't throw, remember? We're not throwing in the house. And I saw it. Seems like a better way to go than just be like, ah, you're going to the other room. Talk to the kid yeah, why the kid is being pulled out and try to reason with him. You and know? I know people are like, oh, you're babying, but you're really not. You're treating him like a human being. <laughs> uh, the scientific reasoning for why you should not do timeout is that emotional modulation and regulation occurs with development of the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that uh, doesn't fully develop until adolescence. So the idea of, like, putting a kid in a room and saying, think about what you've done, (laughs) 
It's like a waste of time because yeah, the, kid, he doesn't kid, know. the kid hasn't even fully grasped ob- object <laughs> oh, permanence yet. Like, yeah, yeah. So I I can see from that aspect where like uh, that would make sense. However, on the other side of that argument, I think timeout is for the parents. Like I can't look at you anymore. You need to get out of my line of sight for five minutes so I can pull myself together. I think a timeout is really more to give the parents a second to cool down. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen parents get pretty hyped up with kids. It is, and sometimes it's hard because you do need to like leave. Like sometimes I lock myself in the bathroom. No, that's I do. A good I'm move. like, I gotta yeah. go. Well, <laughs> like, I think, you're just crazy right now. <laughs> I think you said something that's sort of you know spot on when you were talking about how you know it's developmental steps for young children. Mm-hmm. You know. I think as adults, it's probably pretty easy to forget just how much yeah. children are developing every single day, mm-hmm. which is why it's important to always do it. You know, if someone's like, well, I tried this and it didn't work, or the person's doing the kid still does this behavior, does this or that, you're always got to try again because every time you have that conversation, mm-hmm. this little kid is developing and learning something yeah. and getting something from it. And that's why, you know, I think sometimes you got to you can stick with something like that. You know, it's funny. It's weird what kids what sticks with kids because I'll tell my mom some things sometimes that she said to me that stuck with me and she's like god really yeah. like, I don't remember even saying that <laughs> yeah. right? right so it's weird the things that parents will say that kids will latch onto and sometimes the parents don't even know 100%. like for example my mom told me once when I was a kid and this isn't even true she told this to me as a lie to make me eat food she said that your taste buds change every six months <laughs> and then after six months you should try foods that you tried before because maybe you'll like that's them actually this time. really good no, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's really pretty good. smart right like really I, and, as a, and growing <laughs> up I still under like in the back of my mind I'm like well maybe I'll like it now <laughs> maybe uh, that's actually really change good. it up a little it's pretty good so lie to your kids seems to be a good move as well no but I think that happens I've had uh, there's a couple things that like my brother who's only you know four-ish years yeah. younger than me there's stuff he'll say to me where, you know, I said something to him. Um, I, he was he was acting out doing something wrong one time, and he was in, like, 7th or 8th grade or saying something he shouldn't have been. And I grabbed him. I was like, no, you don't do that. You don't mm-hmm. act like that. Yeah. And he only brought it up a couple of years ago, like, only just two years ago now when it was relevant to, like, the situation that was at hand. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I never forgot this. And I didn't realize. I forgot it had happened. Mm-hmm. And he said it, and I started to remember. But it is weird to see what sticks with people when you mm-hmm. say it because it's not always the stuff you remember but it's something that, you know, I had forgotten we even had this interaction to him. This yeah. was like a foundational life lesson for him. And it's, uh, it makes me terrified to ever have yeah. to be responsible for his child. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good on you, Heather. You're doing good work. As always. Uh, so, Kevin, let's discuss uh, something. This is a weird thing, and I just want to know if anyone else had moments like this. I started watching this week Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay oh on gosh, YouTube. Oh, my gosh, to to for some some clarification, you haven't started watching full episodes of Kitchen Nightmares. Oh. YouTube clips, YouTube clips, YouTube clips, mostly of Ramsey trying the food when it's still bad. Sometimes Ramsey working his first dinner service Can, before okay. the second meet. Now I'm going to say one thing about that. Mm. The Kitchen Nightmares YouTube channel is curated incredibly poorly, and oh, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of the videos sure. have no context about even what they the show, actually. Honestly, even the show is not really too well put together. Yeah, always. Uh, but. But the nice thing but about watch watching it. it on YouTube is that they don't censor the swearing. Yeah, a lot of F-bombs. And you wouldn't think it would be that different, but listening to it without the beeps just gives a lot better idea of the actual interaction, especially as like somebody's working in restaurants, you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. yeah. makes it feel a little bit more, you're a little bit more there with it. Well, I'm really enjoying it, and again, it just makes me laugh because this show has got to be like 10 years old, and I didn't really watch it, yeah. and I knew it existed. So what are some other things that maybe I'm missing out on that I probably should have paid more attention to that were popular like this? Are there other things that you've caught on like later than they were actually popular and be like, why did I miss this? 
I, you're talking Gordon Ramsay. I actually watch Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen. Okay. I, I can't was, help it. It's so toxic, is, toxic and terrible. Hell's Kitchen is the like competition yes. cooking show. Yeah. And right? I can't okay. help it. I'm like I have to watch it. I mean, Zach gets so mad. He cannot I love, be in the same room as me. I do like cooking competition yeah. stuff. But so this is just like a guy just on a power trip. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about it is uh, when you read articles, you know they talk about because they've also got an English version of Hell's Kitchen. And he doesn't act like that at all. All the aggressive yelling and screaming stuff he doesn't do, but they do it because that's what the American audiences want. He's much more restrained and polite on British TV and more towards his normal personality, but they've talked about he has to ratchet up this acting like a maniac and screaming... Because that's what the American audiences are responding to. Yeah, I wouldn't watch to. it if he wasn't being it. That's exactly it. it was... That's exactly that's the thing, and that's why he does it, which is wild. And uh, for all the folks who make fun of me for saying the word fascinating all the time, uh, I think me, yeah, yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. Don't, I yeah, that's right. Think of anybody in the words, you. in the word, when I'm watching Gordon Ramsay, the one I'm, it's disgraceful. Is it disgraceful? There's one he uses all the time. It's like there's one word he uses all the, ghastly. He uses ghastly like once an episode. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Ghastly's a good. I'm start using that more often. That? Uh, all right, so I, I, you know, it was a strange week for news, and we have skipped past. Huge week for news. It's a strange week for news. Biggest weeks we've had in a long time for news. Uh, well, we're going to get to a lot of the other stories, but we've passed this by for the last few weeks because we just sort of forgot about it. And there was something that happened earlier this week with uh, Anthony Bernissi and Claudia Tenney, just a wrap up. I wanted you guys, we never got a chance to really enjoy this. We didn't get a chance to really gloat. No, yeah, we didn't. All, we all didn't. didn't get a chance all to gloat. And you did. know what? One last kick in the dick from the Wicked Witch <laughs> of Clinton slash Anandasa slash formerly New York 22nd Congressional District. One last thing she had to do to us here at the Uticast was not let us properly gloat and dance on the <laughs> I know. drag it out for a couple of weeks. Do you, can I tell you how nervous I was? Okay. Oh, dude. We about remember, the recounts? Do you remember? Here's the I, thing. Here's the thing. I don't like shaking my head. I don't get on Twitter. I don't tweet. I don't go anywhere. I don't do nothing. I put up a picture that night at Anthony's celebration party, and you know I was very. I tagged Claudia Tenney in it, and I was very, very, very sore I, winner. I, saw that. I was a very sore winner. Everybody saw it. I had so much traction on that, and I'm sitting here. I'm like, my God, if she comes back around in the recounts. My horror story was that she would come back and yes. just like retweet it back at me mm-hmm. with a quoted tweet. I would have deleted my Twitter. You mad? Yeah. You mad? Yeah. You mad? I just went uh, silent for a few for a couple um, weeks. Delete your account. Well, it's funny because uh, I waited until a lot of other people were saying it because I put up the tweet that was congratulations to both Claudia, mm-hmm. or not Claudia uh, to Anthony what? and uh, Marianne Buttonshine. Because I had pictures of both of them yeah. in the phone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, two for three this year. Sorry, Larry Sharp. But two for three for well, Unicast guests running mm-hmm. for running for uh, stuff. And then I'm like thinking to myself, man, I put this picture up. This is like the death knell. I shouldn't put it up. And I really did. And I don't know if it's just the current like political atmosphere where I'm so like gun shy about any story I hear. And I'm like, sure, oh, hey, where's the sure. other foot dropping? Mm-hmm. I was like, so many absentee ballots. Oh, my I God. Uh, it's so crazy. I kept waiting for something. And then it kind of went as you would expect. Like the absentee yeah, yeah. ballots went around the same mm-hmm. rate that the. I think you probably got a touch of PTSD from 2016. I think we all do, right? I think we know yeah, yeah, that. Sure. And maybe that's the part of it. Uh, but I want, just to give you guys a little uh, thrill before we close up, I want to read. No, because I got some things about this too. Ah. Well, I want to stretch this out a little bit. I want to read the two paragraph statement. Are you ready for this? Whose okay. statement? This is Claudia's statement from when she conceded. Okay. Yeah, probably salty and horrible because she's salty and horrible. As the votes have been counted the last several weeks, it has become it has become clear. <laughs> this is the one that gets me. That while we remain on the right side of the issues and history, uh-huh. we came out on the wrong side of a very close race. That's not very magnanimous. No, because no, she's not a magnanimous person. 
Um, despite the setback, there is still a crucial fight ahead for the heart and soul of this nation, and one I will not give up because she knows that she's just going to go the try. Bi- and no, that's the biggest thing that she could never figure out, man. Is like she kept trying to because she's got obviously no record and no wherewithal, no hmm. ability to be in the position, and so like you keep trying to talk about making it a national thing and turn into like this weird Trump referendum and grab coattails. Hmm. Half the reason that Anthony won and won with a lot of Republican people voting for him is because he actually talked about the district and yeah. was actually engaged mm-hmm. here. You lost because of this weird like national Trump platform yeah. <laughs> paradigm that you're trying to lash yourself onto because you're a leech and you've got nothing and you're gone. Uh, so gone. <laughs> Brindisi also had a statement saying uh, he's looking forward to working with Representative Tim to ensure a smooth transition on behalf of our constituents. I bet. Uh, this congressional <laughs> seat belongs to the people of upstate New York. I'm excited to get to work putting their needs first. Uh, I have to say, I ran into uh, the congressman at the game on Saturday night at the Teddy Bear right, Toss. Yeah, I was leaving the Horton room with mm-hmm. uh, the New York Sash made Utica crew, mm-hmm. and I ran into uh, the congressman, uh, which is so weird to say. And, you know, of course, we were laughing. We're like, oh, yeah, I bet you he's sitting in the fancy seats now that he's a congressman. No way. No way. We saw him on the thing. He was coming from the cheap sheets. I was like, yeah, Tony. To be fair, the odds really only got so many. No, No, but you know what? I was, um, it's it's funny to, to say, but with him, you know, with the winning, it was weird to be at the, at the event mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. And it was really strange to see, like, as it changes over, because it's going to be weird to watch... Anytime you know somebody locally who ascends to like this platform and watch how yeah. it kind of changes for them and everything, it was the wildest thing to be in the Radisson on Genesee Street in downtown Utica and seeing like CNN cameras, like MSNBC yeah. cameras, and all the people out there and everybody being so excited to win and to see it actually happen. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to be in that position to what like if you were him or you know anybody who gets elected, you know, a newly elected yeah. representative to watch your whole world just expand yeah. so yeah. instantly to such a huge degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I keep waiting for the one day that I bump into him and he doesn't recognize me. That's when I know that he'll <laughs> have made it. A couple days off, I couple, think. Yeah, I think, no, for a little, I think he'll remember You know what, you. though? I, I think also it would be remiss to not acknowledge with such a, you know, he won by a pretty small margin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He won by a pretty 4, small margin. Yeah. Um, a small enough margin where I think that we have to acknowledge the Uticast bump. <laughs> Uticast bump, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point he won this election by just enough people that we can sort of ascribe it to... Listeners of this show. I agree. I didn't want to. So let's congratulate I, ourselves. I, We've been elected to Congress. And I, and I, I didn't want to say it beforehand. We're just kidding for the people that get mad on Twitter. Yeah. We yeah, don't okay. expect actual favors. Yeah. No. Stay on Facebook. Um, I will say, I, I didn't. When I first met him, when he first came to the house, which was right after the first time Joe came to the house, I don't remember the dates, but, you know, it was before he'd even talked about running for. Was he? I don't even think he decided to run for Congress at that oh, point yeah. in time. He, yeah. And the first time I met him and he was just the assemblyman, he was a very nice guy, but I didn't necessarily see a guy who had, like, the the charisma necessarily. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, like, a fiery guy. Like, when Larry Sharp came in here, it's like, this guy's a maniac. He's yelling yeah, yeah, and screaming. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's really hyped up. He's really, like, gassed up. No, like, I think it, you're spot on about that because even talking to him a couple times, you know, not a knock on the guy or anything, but he's not, like, some big, charismatic, mm-hmm. like, energetic yeah. person. He's a, he's a pretty mm-hmm. humble and soft-spoken dude. And that being said, by the fourth time he was on the show, right before the election, mm-hmm. he felt like a different candidate. He yeah. felt ready. He felt his game was yeah, stepped you up. Definitely you, tell. you could feel it. And yeah. I didn't want to say that in so many words to him because I didn't want him to take it as like a, a knock. I meant it as a compliment, right? Right. But you know, you don't know how people perceive something like that when you say it to him. Sure. I don't want to be Larry David out here and just say something like, <laughs> "Yeah, I didn't think you had any charisma." Like you know, I mean, that's not how I meant it. But mm-hmm. I think it was important that he 
had a little fire in him toward the end. Uh, you have to. Yeah. To get to a more national level, I think, mm-hmm. you know, for everything I know, for all the campaigns I've never run in my life. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get up there on, on some national level and, yeah. and be, you know, going for it, I think there's a certain level of energy you have just to go through the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you've got to engage and talk to so many people. Like, I'm sure everybody who's run for Congress in this last election cycle has spent their last six to eight months out there shaking hands and talking to people mm-hmm. and talking to constituents. I mean, with, obviously with the exception of Claudia, because she <laughs> never acknowledged constituents when she had them, because she doesn't. She's even no, it's true. Because she doesn't have any constituents anymore, you private citizen. Um, but I think you're out there and you have to talk to so many people that it's probably impossible to not harness and have some of that energy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And to, I feel like if it was me, I would certainly feed off the people and talking to people all the time. But by that same token, it's probably exhausting to be on 24-7. Oh, yeah. So... I know what's next for uh, Congressman Brindisi. He's going to go to Congress, and he's going to do his thing, and he's going to get ready to fight for upstate New York. What's next for Claudia? She going to do some sort of, like, content? Yeah, she'll do something. Yeah, she'll try to do something. I'm curious. I'm just curious, because I don't even mean it in a malicious way, although it'd be fun to say it in a malicious sort of way. Some sort of drifting. Uh, be drifting. I, I do sort of wonder, like... What's the next level for like a politician like this if you don't? I was thinking the same thing. Like, I mean, like, where is she? Oh. I just don't know. I don't know what the next. <laughs> if I was a politician, I feel like would you want to stay in media? Would you want to get away from? It depends on how you feel, I guess. Right, like how how you felt about your time in politics. Well, I think I mean, I, you know, certainly everybody's kind of different, whatever it might be, but. I think you don't look at it so much as like a, a specific hierarchy, like you only take steps up or down the ladder. I think you can sort of pivot to different yeah. sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure for the two years that she spent in Congress doing nothing to represent the people of the New York 22nd, I think that she probably <laughs> met a lot of folks and made a lot of relationships. Yeah. And probably opened a lot of doors for different, you know, consulting, lobbyists, different things like that. I mean, and most of these people, to be fair, if they met her, probably don't think she's qualified to do those jobs. But she might have an offer somewhere on there where somebody's crazy enough to pay her for whatever mm. low skills she brings to the table. Yeah. Uh, so she might go back and find a job there or come back. You know, you can also come back and grift the people around here and find a different <laughs> way to, like, make well, money and align your contacts. Might go back to the Anandasas you wonder, and do her thing up there. Because you wonder... That's what I think. Because everybody you, knows. You wonder if, like... Leaning so hard into the national. I know. Do you know how much I've talked about Claudia Tenney on this podcast? I've been here. And for it to be, and even before, and for it to be taken away by this recount. I I do wonder, like, oh, sorry. I I just do wonder, like, if just leaning into the whole Trump thing and into, like, the, the national politics thing was an audition for her to be, like, throw me a lifeline. Like, do you think that her being a loyal. Trump mouthpiece was enough for, for her. Trump, no. No. He forgot about to her. A, no, for he her. Forgot about she her. lost, so if he's he, no good. She's no good to him I anymore. Mean, he's, he, you know, he's probably sundowning, you know what I mean, at this point. That's like, true. Losing his, no, the guy doesn't remember <laughs> her. She doesn't matter. He throws people that meant a lot to him under the bus. He's not going to yeah. reach out and give her a handle. But will there be somebody somewhere in there? That's kind of what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. Will she find another place to pivot to in the machine? <laughs> Probably, you know what I mean. There'll be something else. I don't think she's gonna. I think we're done hearing from her. I don't think she's gonna go. But I don't. Oh, I think we'll never hear from her. I again. wish. I, wish no, I really do. I, I don't wish, think. I don't think she's coming back. I wish that I had that same confidence. I really do. You know what's crazy is she lost, even though she accepted the embrace. She accepted the Trump embrace and still lost. 
so I thought that was funny. That was funny. It was funny to me. I thought it was good. Uh, I, I thought it was for me. I still thought his embrace speech was like, accidentally the funniest thing he's ever done. I thought it was. Like we say it all the time. I wish that he wasn't the actual person I wish, in real life. No, because then yeah. he would be... he's a comedy goldmine. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't also damn uh, serious, he's a comedy goldmine. Uh, let's get into some uh, other serious news before we go to break this week. We'll just sort of hit the news of the week. Um, uh, George H.W. Bush passed away this week. It's been a big story everywhere. 94 years old. Um, I mean, whenever a politician or a former president passes, president you know, uh, you tend to have lots of takes all over the place about things he did, things Especially he didn't do. Especially take-based culture. Yeah. Um, but I, there's been a lot of really nice things written about him and... Um, you know, he got us through the end of the Cold War, and there are some nice things to be said. You know, uh, I'll put it this way. Whenever somebody dies, people tend to play down the negative things when they write these articles. You have these really nice glowing pieces, and there's some really, really nice stuff about Bush. My question is this. When Trump passes away, inevitably, mm-hmm. will, there be this, will it no. be the same reaction, or will people no. not be able to turn off the, the vitriol reaction one way or the other? No. It's, it's, this no. is the, it's the first time that... Even if it's not the first person who's just like some sort of idiot criminal who's the president, yeah. maybe this isn't the first time that's happened. I mean, you can make that argument certainly. Sure. I mean, even a guy like George H. W. Bush, you know, for all the good things, is yeah. still very, very much a war criminal and mm-hmm. different things like that. But I, this Trump is the first guy to reveal that the emperor has no clothes on. Yeah, and I think this he is the end of it being considered like this serious reverent position that mm-hmm. everybody holds up and is exalted, you know what I mean? I think it's pretty fitting that he's the first president in the history of the country who is not going to do a eulogy for a yeah. president who's passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not involved because everybody knows that he is not the he's same not the as guy. these guys. Even yeah. guys, you know, like Sad. W. Bush, H.W. Bush, Reagan, you know, Nixon, all these guys that are criminals, war criminals, awful people, did horrible stuff, definitely racist, also remembered fondly for some things, whatever. Yeah. Even those guys were held and revered to a different degree than yeah, this guy. My, I think the question that's more interesting is after Trump, mm. whoever gets elected after Trump, is there any going back? You can't really put the genie back no. in the bottle. No, I think we're broken. The system's broken for a little bit. For sure. And yeah. so that, that's where you start to wonder, you know, you hope that you rebuild the new system because you can't go back. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that I think, you know, life teaches all of us in one way or another is that you can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see where it goes from here. Do you guys in general think that we're trending in a good direction right now? If the next election goes well. <laughs> like, did this midterm election yeah. change the way you feel about how the country's going? In a broad sense. It kind of made me a little bit, like, a little bit more hope. Yeah, a little bit I suppose. Because I think it's showing people are really paying attention now. I think, I don't know. Like, yes, and I agree with you. <laughs> My concern is, does it show that people will continue to pay attention? That's my the unanswerable question, I well, suppose. Well, I mean, the only thing you really do is wait and see. Um, yeah. I am hopeful about that. People seem to remain engaged. Um, one of the things, you know, one of the side effects, one of the consequences, like all the stuff that's going on with Trump, is it's it's such a it's such a wild and big thing. That, mm. that, and you know, we complain about it. I complain about it all the time on the show. I'm like, oh, you know, always doing this Trump stories and you know, whatever it is. But it sucks so much air and pulls so much light and attention mm-hmm. towards it yeah. that it's not, you know, again, we're saying you can't go back, you know, you can't you can't do it the way it used to be. Things are different now. Just because the midterm elections are over doesn't mean that all this attention isn't yeah. still gonna be keep being focused yeah, on gonna. this guy and you know his mm-hmm. all the criminals that he's in league with. Yeah, but actually and focus it. 
And they're going to continue yeah. doing, you know, like bad stuff. And, you know, Mueller's mm. coming. He had the biggest week of probably the investigation yeah. altogether last week. And this stuff's going to keep going. So, no, the attention and really, you know, the, the intrigue and the drama that pushes and drives all this stuff isn't going to dissipate. So mm. I expect to see people continue to remain engaged going forward, hopefully. It could go the other way, but I hope that people stay engaged. Mm. And that's some of the biggest hope I took away from the midterms was seeing how many people turned out and how many people were into it and it's a good trend you know what i mean i don't know if i feel more hopeful but it's really nice to see and there's definitely some light to the darkness and especially the voices of people who have a bigger platform they keep I, that's, that, that's such thing. a big deal um if they keep going the way they're going let me too. ask you a question heather do you find that with you know with the election that we've had and seeing a lot of these a lot of a lot more women come in from different backgrounds and a lot more women closer to our age range does that make you, as a younger woman who's also a professional, a business owner, and a young parent, feel more engaged, represented, and interested? Oh yeah, in I feel the like process? I'm included. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do. I've never ever felt that I was ever included in politics. Like your voice was like, I was, in the like I mattered, or well, anything I said or thought mattered. Now I feel like I can put those opinions out there, or and voice and voice it out there, and I'm being heard now. And these women are speaking heard for and me. Taking, and taking that's more why it's seriously. important that these people on these bigger platforms keep going. Keep talking. Because and I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't really realize on the right is like, you know, they a lot of what a writer off is like, oh, it's all SJW liberal media. Mm. Say whatever you want, but but at the end of the day, what they're not giving enough credence to is there's real people like you, Heather, or like, you know, so many other women mm. or, you know, underrepresented folks and minorities, different things like that, who do genuinely feel this yeah. on a ground level. Absolutely. And if they don't give enough mm. credit to that, they're not going to realize until it's too late that they get swept away by the young folks. Can I tell you what I'm really enjoying right now? I'm enjoying all these old folks uh, who are trying to sun uh, Alexandria Sasha-Cortez on Twitter. Oh. She's, they're trying to sun a millennial on a social media platform when you're an old dude working for, like, Fox or something. Like, this, it's just, it's so funny to watch people, like, it's the same thing we saw when all those Parkland kids were just, like, owning, like, that NRA and everybody yeah. else on Twitter. It's like... It's like the Bane speech in that third Batman movie with yeah. Christian Bale where it's like, yeah, you might have adapted to the darkness, but I was born in the darkness. Yeah, this, it's like, just, I'm born from this. I was born in this. You want to learn really, this? I was born that's here. That's a great way to... Yeah, it's just so funny. I've really been that's enjoying great. that. Um, it's it's not... It's a different feel when I read the politics news. I hope the that people like uh, Ocasio-Cortez and other folks like that wake up. You know, the Democrats have had a bad rap for mm-hmm. a very, very, very deserved bad rap for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of being a bunch of pushover, whiny, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. you know, basically just, you know, always on the defensive, always being like, you know, being civil and stuff like that. And a lot of them don't realize, you know, these older folks out of touch the Democratic mm-hmm. Party don't realize the younger folks are ready. That's why, you know, Fox News can't touch somebody like, you know, Ocasio Cortez and all these younger no. people in but Congress. They don't, what they say doesn't even affect them. That's the stuff. That's they the say they, it. They, these they bounces pe- right off them. They that's don't. the thing. Instead of calling a press conference <laughs> yeah. and being like, well, I think it's just like, no, it's just you're on like, Twitter, it's like, LOL. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, next. Uh, and, but there's so many younger people like us with whom that yeah. resonates yep. because mm-hmm. we're the same mm-hmm. way. Yep. And but I think... Isn't that the Trump thing, though? Isn't it the opposite? Doesn't the Trump thing resonates with that older generation? In a lot of ways. And I think that's sort of the future right mm-hmm. like again it's we always argue it's not between like it's between old and young it's not between like have and have not it's a weird when, divide now when we're further away from it and it's not so serious that historians can start to dissect what's going on mm. with trump and the phenomenon yeah. that's happened and everything i think that you'll be able to get a more honest look at some of the things he've do- he's done that aren't mm. I'm not gonna say good things that he's done but things he's done that are effective or that make sense mm. or that people learn from and that go on you know 
because there's a lot of truth to the way that he acts and the way that he talks mm -hmm. and being able to fight that fire, you know, with the same fire in a way. And that little more yeah. direct way of speaking isn't necessarily a negative thing. He's just an awful guy. So yeah. it's negative coming from him. But his communication style isn't necessarily invalid. No. Uh, all right, let's move on. I got two more quick news stories to hit before we get to our interview. Uh, one, have you guys seen anything about these uh, Paris fuel riots that are going on? It's pretty wild over the third weekend in a row. Uh, charred cars, blackened windows, and down fences across central Paris. The worst riots in a generation. Uh, I've not even heard of this. Oh, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, a lot of these... Pro yeah, protests began on November 17th <laughs> over a fuel tax hike. Uh, French President Emmanuel Marcon uh, visited the damage. A lot of people were concerned uh, that this is going to affect him coming forward in upcoming elections and his image is tarnished now because of this. Uh, all right, and last but not least, I just want to do a very, very quick... Um, I'm done with this guy. Uh, for former Kansas City Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt... Kareem not. He was my running back. Can I just say for my fantasy, oh, on your fantasy, yeah. fantasy team? Yeah, I, I, I just oh, gave up no. after that. I literally didn't even try. Heather, what the hell's the matter with you that you are drafting this, this domestic abuser? <laughs> Do you not stand I for women? I know he was. I just Do you not stand for women? I guess not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Out of my so fantasy can I, team. Continue. Uh, he ruined you'd me. Make a he ruined me. NFL he ruined me. Uh, uh, he was released uh, hours after TMZ published a video of a February uh, incident where he shoved and kicked a woman in a Cleveland hotel. Uh, this is what Did annoys you see me. The video? Yeah, it's terrible. Okay. This is what pisses me off, right? Hunt was, quote, not truthful, unquote, in, in internal discussions with Chiefs management led to his release. Mm -hmm. So they didn't release him because he beat up his wife. Mm -hmm. They released him because he didn't tell them that he got in trouble for beating up this girl or this woman, whatever it was. Yeah, of, course. of course. And it's yeah. just a scam. And I saw a tweet about this earlier this week, and I can't stop thinking about it whenever I read some bullshit story about, like, Ezekiel Elliott or Greg Hardy or this scumbag Kareem Hunt, which is, like, if Colin Kaepernick had punched his girlfriend, he'd be playing in the NFL still. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be, sure. it'd be, he'd yeah. be out for three weeks and yeah. he'd be back. For sure. But the, it's fucking hilarious. There's my one F word for the day. How, like, we can just, like, it, we, we're, there's a collusion to keep that guy out of the league, but we're just, like, Kareem Hunt could theoretically still play for another team because somebody well, might, did. he's a great running back, we'll find, he's, yeah. he's changed. Like, no, bullshit. You, you, no one, bullshit. From that, after watching that you video, think nobody that, You think change. that the rich NFL team owners care about women more than no. they care about white folks? No, they do. Oh, that sad. video made me a little sad. Because <laughs> not just he hit her, but somebody else did, too. The whole, the whole, whole thing out there. Out. The whole thing It's terrible. There. Don't watch it. And just one... Watch it. Watch it. Never Actually, look away. It. Never look away and never not confront the horrors of the world. And Definitely just one, one last thing. G20 Summit, again, happened over the weekend. We are still the only holdout on the... Did you see your boy get caught on the hot mic? No. no. Trump, Trump's out there on the hot mic. He's like, I swear, I, I'm telling you, he's got dementia and it's getting worse. I'm yeah, calling he's it now. a fucking maniac. But he's out there. He's on stage just in this big, giant, like, ridiculous over overdone stage with the president of Argentina and they do a handshake. And it's, it looks like curvy enthusiasm. It really does. <laughs> because he's sitting there. He goes, he does the handshake and he's on the, he's on the mic or whatever. He's like, ah, oh, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. And he goes, does the handshake and he immediately walks off stage like to the left and immediately see an aide come in from the right all the way across Stop. the stage trying to chase him down. Well, the president of Argentina, no joke, just stands there 
and sort of walks in like a circle, like looking around, <laughs> trying to look like he's doing something. And then just goes and like credits could hit right there and yeah. it would be a sitcom. The other one today I saw was that he was talking about Michael Cohen on Twitter and he oh, referred to him getting off scot free, but spelled it like a proper name, like S C O T T yes. capital F R E E. Yeah. So there's a lot of like who is scot free. I did no, I did looked see, at that at first and I was like, wait. Did you see the handshake between uh Putin and uh Mohammed bin Salam? The boy on Saudi Arabia where they did like a big like NFL style. With a big <laughs> yeah. like this. What a world yeah. we live in, dude. The and world. Then after Trump said he wasn't going to meet with Putin because Putin's, you know, Even being now. aggressive with Ukraine, then he did anyway. And now he came out this morning on Twitter and he's like, you know what? This military spending is out of control. Yeah. We got to stop spending so much money in the military. After he's been saying we need to beef up the military for three years, like, okay, so you met with your boy. Yeah. Just this weekend. Well, he mentioned him in there, too. The whole thing. So. And it's like, oh, no, that doesn't seem like what he wanted at all. Like, he pulled him aside, gave him a dick tap, and was like, stop spending so much money. <laughs> uh, all right. That was what good. World. That was good. You're fired up what today. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to this week's interview, which is probably the reason that Kevin is so fired up, because he had to run into longtime compatriot. Be quiet the next segment. Uh, no, it was good. No, Person I two. love it. I mean it. It's a good way. Keep Returning friend, Cliff Montoni. Tight. Uh, <laughs> Cliff Montoni joining us for maybe his third or fourth time. It's been... Oh, I like Cliff. Love Cliff. Always happy to see Cliff. It's been almost Should've two years. Should have seen his jacket. He has an outrageous jacket. I got a picture it's of it. It's not outrageous. Very stylish. Yeah, outrageously it's very nice, stylish. But it's a, it's a flex for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so he joined us this week for a long discussion. We talked about current trends in the beer world, about the holiday shopping season, about this weekend, Saturday the 8th. Uh, upcoming comedy, stand-up comedy show going on. First at the, time ever. It's really cool. In 130 years of the FX Man Brewing yeah. Company, it's the first time there'll be a stand-up comedy show going on. And of course, couldn't be done without Made in Utica. Absolutely. MadeinUtica.com slash shop slash comedy. Check it out uh, on the website if you want more details. But for now, enjoy a nice interview with our longtime friend, Cliff Montoni, a.k.a. Ford War. to transfer my notes from the digital copies to the handwritten copy, which I probably don't need to do. I don't know why. I just can't help myself. It's cute. You have an actual digital printout, though, here. You have a, a hard typed copy Jesus, of your notes, man. I know. I've gotten much more professional in the... What the fuck? Yeah, this is just Cliff Montoni, Sarah Green. These are all my notes for stuff to talk about with you. Stop it. I'm good at my job. I don't wow. know. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. We could be here for a while. You know, I was just watching... And I was just talking to you about this. I was just watching Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I always liked Gordon Ramsay, but I don't know if I never watched the show when it was on or if I'm just now catching on to something. I'm watching it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, And yeah, uh, yeah. what's great about that is uh, they let them swear. But here's my, here's my pitch for you. Gift Shop Nightmares. It's where you, in the Gordon Ramsay role, just sort of berate your employees and then fix them mentally afterwards and everything's okay at the end. So like Tuesday. Like, like so a normal day. <laughs> uh, 
But for the folks out there who don't know, what is your proper title at the Saranac Brewery? Uh, my proper title is Tourism Operations Manager. Tourism Operations Manager at the Saranac Brewery. Of course, we are talking to longtime GFOP. I want to say this is your... If we're talking about just you being on the show as a guest, this has got to be like three or four or five. Yeah, they're tired of me by now. We used to be... You were the the third host of the they show. They were definitely tired of they're me t- then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's nice to have you back, as always. It's good to it be back. It has been 87 weeks since you have been the featured guest on this show. My goodness. One year, 35 weeks. What was my blood pressure then? Do you have that in there? <laughs> I do. There's probably there lower Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and back then, you used to live upstairs for me, but now you no longer do. You're out You're out and about. I am out and about. Do you miss it all, having the boys downstairs? Or are you, you okay with it? Thank I miss you. you. Just me? Yeah. <laughs> not Kevin. Not Kevin. Not Parkinson. No. Yeah, it's very emotional, I know. I know. I've been gone for how long? Like, a couple of months. It's been a while. I just got my mail. We have new people living. (laughs) The pile of mail that you picked up here was almost as big as the pile. Pretty impressive. It's as big as the pile of bills I've been ignoring since the start of 2018. It's a strategy. Really? How was your Thanksgiving? How was your holidays? It was excellent. Yeah, everything's going really well. Have you already started your Christmas shopping? Absolutely not. I've uh, started it in theory. In theory. I've been looking at Amazon. Uh, Can I, okay, let me let me share an Amazon story with you today. I went to order a gift today for. I can say it because I didn't get it. I am, I'm not. I didn't get the gift. Right. I was gonna get the Made in Utica crew, like a group Made yeah, in Utica yeah. gift. I was gonna buy those Jackbox party games. Yeah. Those, like yeah. Uh, and just give it to like the two it's of a them great group or, gift. as yeah. a group yeah. gift for everybody yeah. so we could all play on yeah. Christmas. Whatever. Whatever the point is. Right. I didn't realize when I was buying it on Amazon today that it's not a physical object. It is like an app that they send to your oh. phone. So I'm looking at it and I'm clicking on it. And I'm like, well, it says $32. So I click on it and it's like, done. You've purchased this item. I'm like, wait a minute. It, what? I had to call them and cancel an app. What a weird moment. That is strange. I have to yeah, say, yeah. Amazon did a good job taking care of me. I was ready to be like annoyed. Yeah, and they, they took were. Care of it. They gotta, they gotta be at this point in time. This is like the busiest time of year for them. Yeah, it's craziness. Yeah, they're so busy that the post office is busy. You know what I mean? They're so busy that UPS <laughs> is now even busier. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of busy, how busy are you guys at the gift shop right now? Uh, we're pretty busy. This is uh, it's our our busiest time of the year from a gift shop perspective. Um, but it never really stops over there. Like January through March is a little bit of a down season, and then. Yeah. And then because, you know, we, we swing into tours and Thursdays and stuff like that, it just, it stays constant. Hmm. Um, I'm always looking for, like, that down and it never comes. It's just... <laughs> You've seen a lot of digital this year, I feel like? Uh, yeah, well, so we didn't do a second location this year. Oh, really? Generally, we're doing a second location, but no, we focus a lot more on digital. So you didn't do the mall location at the one? No, seen? no. I mean, I don't know anyone at Sangertown Mall to yeah. discuss about this, but when I used to work at Sangertown Mall, I had always heard that the amount of, like, rent you need to pay yeah. for the thing is outrageous yeah it's really expensive and it's always been that way going back to like yeah. the 80s and 90s yeah um yeah. so it, i can see where like to a certain extent it doesn't necessarily do you any favors to have a second location especially with the job you guys have done with the location at the brewery looks yeah yeah i mean it's easier to manage it's more straightforward we spend more on marketing we're more focused on uh getting people into the actual brewery itself and plus like it doesn't do us any favors to have somebody come visit the mall store like it's a great convenience to to customers but it's not the full immersive experience yeah so it's it's kind of the antithesis of what we're trying to do you know uh it's funny too because i I, you guys have such great branding anyway that i feel like anything you guys decide you want to put the branding on can be really cool yeah i going back to last year i can't tell you how long it's been since i've been in the brewery since like this summer 
you guys were doing. My favorite item you have is the crewnecks. You guys have all the great dope crewnecks. What's your current favorite piece of uh, of item that came in over the last few weeks? Uh, whoever designs that does a great job. Um, it's me. Is it you? Is yeah, that your job? Yeah, yeah, listen. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's no. classic. Um, so my favorite item right now um, is uh, actually we did a 85th anniversary Utica Club Stein that I really genuinely enjoy. It's excellent. It's like 11 inches tall, so it's a little bit bigger than normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's got a real like German feel to it. It's got all the Utica Club labels on it. Um, so uh, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of that. Uh, we got new era Utica Club hats too. Those were really nice. So, it just keeps happening. It's so fun. That's got to be your idea. Too, yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. okay. So let me ask you. Let me let me turn this question on yeah. the side because I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm a 32 year old uh, man, right? We're adults now. You're right around my age. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it weird that we still like streetwear? Are no. we a little old? No. The kids no. that listen. The kids I had it because here's the thing, right? I worked in a high school. All the kids, I've been saying this for the last few weeks, driving me nuts, they all wear champion gear. Yeah. All of a sudden, champion is like a hot brand that mm-hmm. people are buying. And I'm like, yo, that was a garbage brand like 20 <laughs> years ago. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. Like, what's uh, what's your, are you still on Supreme or are you off that? Uh, no, I don't really, uh, I'm not really on that. I'm uh, working a little bit towards more American-made stuff. American-made Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly, like, a heavy nationalist by any <laughs> any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but uh, I, I've kind of turned away from brands that get their value based on, you know, like, uh, word of mouth or legend, and, like, I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to focus more on, like, quality. Um, it's weird, too, because, like, I, I went looking for, like, a different old like, athletic brand to get besides yeah. Champion. I was yeah. like, well, what can I get if I can't get, like, Champion? I was like, oh, I'll go get, like, a Spalding. Right, <laughs> like right, a Spalding yeah. brand crew neck. Yeah. And they don't have that. What they no. have is a Russell Athletic. And what Russell Athletic did is they're like, oh, Champion's a lifestyle brand now? We're also a lifestyle yeah. brand. And it's like, yeah. what the? Yeah. yeah, so if you know any crummy old brands like Bum Athletic that haven't come back around yet, <laughs> you're trying to get Yeah, trying to put, put your finger on the pulse of what's next. I wish yeah. the, I need to get a picture of you before you leave. Because okay. you are wearing, and I'm going to share a story with the listener. You're wearing a coat right now, an excellent trench style. I would almost call it like a, a, a Rick Astley coat. It's a good coat. It's a good coat. It's a good coat. When I saw you on Sunday, we were in the grocery store. Yeah. It was about 10.30. Yes. I couldn't have looked worse. I had like sweatpants on. I was in between soccer games. My hair's not done. I'm I greeted little... you with Hey Beautiful. You did Well, yeah. I'm naturally pretty. But, yeah. uh, but you had this full decked out like you were dressed to the nines at like ten on a Sunday morning, and that just sort of shows where our where our brand split. Oh no, no, that's just luck of the draw, man. I showered that day. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you a question about this upcoming event, which is actually basically one of the reasons that uh, I called you in here today. Yeah. December eighth is this this Saturday. You guys, uh, Comedy CNY and Maiden Utica are doing that uh, the stand up at the Saturday Night Brew with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How exciting is that? It's really cool. I'm like yeah. I've never thought I didn't think of that as like a location necessarily. Yeah. How did that all come together? Um, well, we got very lucky. Uh, Maiden Utica actually looked to us and asked us if we wanted to host. And for us, um, it's something that I've really wanted to do. Like I want to get more and more into into yeah. booking uh, different style gigs there. Are you guys can do it in the tavern. Uh, no, it's gonna be downstairs. Downstairs, yeah, in the gift or in the in the tour center. Tour center, okay, yeah. interesting, yep. interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, so I'm pretty deep into stand up comedy. I love it very much. It's a secret passion. Like yeah, yeah. So did you watch uh, the new Rogan one? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I went back and I watched um, Richard Pryor live in concert last week. I love him so much. He's so excellent. I watched a couple that I okay. So I watched. 
a couple Bill Burr ones, which yeah. were, I had like high hopes because I like Bill Burr. They were only okay. Yeah, uh, I felt that way about the new Rock special. I know the new Chris Rock special. Nobody's gonna like that sentence, but yeah. I thought that the thought two Chappelle shows thing. that he did, the two most recent Chappelle ones, are very interesting. Yeah, he did one that was in a small club. Yes. Yes. I think in New York. Mm. That one stood out. Yeah, yeah. That it was one really stood out though. to me, yeah. particularly. It was a little more subversive, you know? It was really a, edgy. It, it was edgy yeah. for sure. Even for him, you know? I think that's sort of the... I think that was sort of the point, right? Yeah. Because yeah. to a certain aspect, you don't have to get a whole conversation about stand-up comedy yeah. here, but I think if you go back to, like, a lot of classic stand-up comedy, a lot of it is sort of, like, punching up at people, right? Like, you look at, like, George Carlin, and even some of that stuff, like, you listen to it now, you're like, whoa like crazy that he'd say that but like yeah you know it i think a lot of comedy has always been about sort of pushing and prodding at the i mean edges. that's the best part of yeah. it i would say and i think that's the part like based on our personalities yeah. like you and i specifically that's what appeals to us there's all sorts of genres but you know uh you you mentioned carlin but uh bill hicks is probably the one that bill like pulled hicks. me in the most is, yes you know you wouldn't describe him as he's not the funniest comedian you've ever no. heard but he's certainly i would say probably the most insightful so, yeah. I'll give you a weird one. Did you watch Comedy Central growing up? Yeah. Like, on just cable? Like, yeah. That's where I got... That's where I, I go back to that probably is the reason why I like, say, like stand-up comedy in general. Yeah. Just, yep. But weirdly, the, the comedian... It's embarrassing to say it now because he's like a maniac, but I watched all the Gallagher comedy specials. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Gallagher. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. a lot of people remember Gallagher as just the <laughs> hidden fruit with a hammer yes, guy. Yeah. And that is indeed a big part of his act. Absolutely. There's certainly <laughs> lots of hammer swinging. But he actually had some, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of his act is usually just an act, and it yeah. was always kind of interesting, and then he got really, I, I don't want to say right-wingy, because that's sort of, he got really conservative yeah. for a comedian yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It's like too much. In typical fashion, I've gotten way off, because we start talking about stand-up comedy. That's Sorry, that Saturday, happens. December 8th. Uh, comedy CNY, Made in Utica. Go to madeinutica.com slash shop slash comedy Check it out. Uh, I want to get back to the brewery for just a minute. I was looking up some news. All right. Uh, did you guys get new... You guys are redoing your brew house at the moment? Uh, brew house and, uh, yeah, we're adding fermentation tanks also. Nice. Yeah. You guys always seem to be on the on coming up with something for either adapting the building or trying to come up with something new. Um, I did read somewhere else that, like, Saranac Lake was trying to get you guys to expand up there. Is that a real thing, or is that just something I heard in Watertown? That's that's not something that I've heard, um, <laughs> but that would be nope. interesting. Certainly, we've got a lot to focus on in Utica, so... Because <laughs> I guess their argument was, like, it's common for Saranac Lakers to have to explain to visitors that the brewery is not located in Saranac Lake. Yes, yeah. It is indeed, like, uh, 40 minutes northeast. Yeah, yeah, make the drive. It's worth it. <laughs> Uh, so I pulled up something. I know that you are more of a tourism, tourist center type guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But I know you have thoughts on beer. And I, pulled I had up. a beer once. You've had a couple beers here yeah. or there, and you're around enough beer. Yeah. Well, I want to run through a couple of these. I Okay, now mind you, this is funny for me, because I pulled up like craft beer trends. Okay. Or, or beer trends for the early 2019, 2000. And I want to see which of these sort of resonate with you. Give me an education here. Well, I'm Good. just kidding. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this alcoholic seltzer you're seeing out there in the world? Oh, it's the biggest thing in the world. The White Claw? Oh my god. (laughs) Have you ever had it? Oh yes, oh yeah. Do you like it? Oh yeah, yeah. I've never really tried one. I see them all over the place. More of a summer beverage for me. Yeah, Mm. um, I drink it in the summer. Yeah. Um, so in addition to working at the brewery, I'm also a part-time bartender. Oh yeah, yeah, So I see it a lot. That's Um, true. But like, Tito's Soda 
is probably the drink that I make the most Tito of. Soda. Tito's soda is probably the drink I make the right most of with a, with a garnish of some type. Not even me drinking, but like me making for other people. And the like White Claw or Spike Seltzers are just uh, an easier version of that, a lower ABV version. I'm sort of glad that came in and wiped out that uh, alcoholic root beer market that was sort of popping yeah, up. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not mad at that. That existed from when I was like 18. Like they were selling Jack and Cokes in a bottle. When, yes. Right when we were when I mean, we were just before the drinking age, it kind of became a thing. I always say this to like um, like younger students and like college kids when I'm talking about like, drinking and stuff. I was like, my problem with all these like fruity tasting drinks, right? Was growing up, if you like snuck whiskey from your dad and you took it in like a glass, you'd hate it because it tastes terrible. Yeah, like, right. You know I mean, right, like right, you're right, not. Right. It doesn't do you any favors to make it taste any better. It's like jewels. It's like oh, we don't want these kids to smoke the jewels. What flavors do you have? Cotton candy, yeah, right. bubble mango, gum. pineapple, yeah, right, blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah, it's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, that's my only concern. The other one I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of rise with uh, sour beers and gozes. You've been seeing a lot of that at the bars? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so we're we're not doing, we attempted to do a sour on a, on a fairly large scale with strawberry tart, and uh, I'm hoping we get to see it again. There's no plans for it in production, but in addition to doing mm. like full-scale production runs, we also have the ability to do um, like smaller brews through the yeah. through the pilot facility. So hopefully we can see some of that pop up through the through the pilot brewery. With uh, sour beers, I feel like uh, I like them because I I tend to like beers that are distinctive enough where I'm probably only going to have one, one or two. Yeah, yeah, right, right, absolutely. Uh, so that's why I also like porters and stouts. Yep. So I'm always on the outs with that, yeah. uh, which goes into our next one, which is that although there's a lot of talk from beer people that people are done with IPAs. That's a myth. And the IPAs just continue to roll as the best-selling item going forward. Yeah, it's like one out of every three beers sold, yeah. essentially. I didn't even know what an IPA was when I was yeah. a kid. I didn't understand the kind. I guess I, didn't, I guess a lot of people didn't know what it was until sort of still, the craft boom, right? I still don't necessarily understand it, mm. but uh, yeah. it's also really polarizing. Yeah, it seems like it. That seems to be the re- everyone. I, everywhere I went online, there seemed to be one way to the other, which is about it. It's because, like, if you're a craft beer drinker, a lot of craft beer drinkers are drinking IPA, but uh, the majority of people who drink beer don't drink craft beer. Right. right. Eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Eight out of ten beers sold. It was like craft beer is about eighteen percent of the market. Well, that was another thing that came uh, in this article I was reading was you're going to start seeing more brewers start making craft lagers as opposed to craft IPAs. Uh, but some people feel that's a problem too because it's just showing that these are only marginally better than like a mainstream version of the same beer if you're not making a good lager. And if you're making right. a good lager, are you outpricing like the cheaper options, right? Right. So like that's the concept of do you want to do you want to compete against the big boys? Like do you do you really hope to compete against uh, you know, Bud Heavy? Mm. Like, probably not, but um, <laughs> Like nobody wants to compete against them, but there's still room in the market for people who are drinking uh, all all sorts of beers. It's like you're just splitting the pie more and more, essentially. Uh, well, one article, the one note I saw here that should be good for you guys is that uh, local remains a key factor for yes. most craft businesses. People yeah. really, I think, people do want to identify with it because almost every town does have that sort of local spot, that local place yeah. that they sort of call home. Uh, is that sort of the one thing? I feel like that's the one thing that always just sort of stays strong is like the support from people in the city. Locally? You, yeah. Yeah, it's very helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we see that with Utica Club. Yeah. It's a, sells very well in the in the local area, but then um, it's, it's harder to find outside the local area. Is that, um, do you think that's just 
I know there's a lot of reasons for it, right? Like, it's hard to market a beer that's sort of kitschy, niche here, uh, outside here, when it's like a, a cultural thing here. Like, it's, yeah. you'd have to sell it for more out if you went outside of here, or if you went outside of the area. And then, like, I don't know. It's, I, I, I'd love to see, because when I was living in New York, there were all these, like, local beers that were, like, very popular. You can get, like, a Carling or a Genesee Cream Ale, but I always thought it was weird. I was like, man, UC would kill it down here. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. I had to go out of my way when we were in Brooklyn to try to find some, yeah. and I only found it in one place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty hard to find. You really got to go out. You really do have to go, go out, out of your way. way. Yeah. Saranac, though, weirdly, you can buy pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> and they've pretty, been pretty widely distributed throughout, yeah. you know, New York, New Jersey. Uh, here's what I'm curious about, because I... I I have no concept this is true. It seems like over the last year, they've seen less growlers and bombers produced and more four-packs, cans of four-packs. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, so a lot of uh, imperial beer styles, higher ABV stuff, mm. um, unfiltered IPAs, doing them in a four-pack. It's a little bit more expensive, like higher quality beer. Yeah. Um, not really seeing growlers as much. We used to do a pumpkin growler. Yeah. Not, we didn't do that this year. Um, that was basically the only growler that I know that we had on the market. Um, but yeah, uh, four packs, pretty popular. Well, I feel like with a growler too, I like the idea of a growler aesthetically. Yeah. yeah. But it's also a lot of beer, right? Yes. You go in, you get a big yes. growler and yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, I got this whole thing. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. We can do liters too. That's like, that's and the liter is really the perfect size. Um, it's enough to, I mean, it's, it's a session. You sit down with a friend mm. and you split it and you're pretty much done with it. Nice. You know, um, it's a pretty good way to go. I like cans. Um, I do that's like, coming up more and more. Well, I think there's something intriguing about cans. Like the, there you can do a lot of interesting design with yep. the cans in the way that you would yep. not you would struggle to do with bottles. But it opens itself up for much more possibilities. Yeah, probably. I can't. I don't have any numbers. I'm sure it's cheaper to produce cans than it is bottles and stuff, right? Yeah, I'd say. Be. Well, I mean, it's easier to to pack and travel. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in addition to that, because they don't allow any light through, there's no light exposure. It's arguably better for craft beer. Yeah, that's um, a great you're point. gonna retain the hop character in beers a lot better. Mm. It's a good way to go. Uh, so, folks, if you want to go shop for Saranac items, uh, you can either go to the Saranac gift shop or the website, which is brewshop.com. Uh, Saranac.com/shop. Mm. You guys got any Christmas deals? Any Black Friday? Black Friday's over. Yeah, right? Black Friday's over. Yeah, we survived. You guys survived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got some things going. So uh, check out on Facebook. We're gonna keep putting promos up. And uh, we'll go from there. Are you running the social media too? No, no. I contribute every now and then. Yeah. Um, but I am not running it. How much is how much of a part of the business have you, has that been like over the last ten years? Do you feel like it's grown more? Has it had to sort of grow more just to sort of match the way that social media has grown over the last like 10, 15 years, you think? Um, so the way that I look at it is is increasingly important from a local perspective. So yeah. in in like my industry is a little different from beer because I work in tourism essentially. Exactly, it just yeah. happens to be for a brewery. And um that's really a way to, for us to connect with people about events that are coming in the area. Like the Facebook events option is basically the only thing I use on Facebook. Yeah. It's really handy. Um, <laughs> it's a great point. So, uh, so yeah, we use it a ton for events and that'll continue to develop and um, the strategy will continue to grow also for the brand itself. All right, let me ask you a couple non-beer related questions. Sounds good. Because I feel like I need to discuss with you because they're important when you come in. All right, good. Uh, one, and you mentioned to me before you came in that you hurt yourself during the Boilermaker this year. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Uh, I can't be hurt, but if I could, that is where it happened. <laughs> so I was going to ask you if you had any new hot workout regiments or any sort of like ticks you were on, but if you're injured, I'm... Well, I've lost 10 pounds in the past two weeks. Really? What are you yes. doing? Uh, head cold. Head cold? Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> Highly recommend it. So good for you. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I've lost a couple pounds from the old yeah. flu fever. Yeah, it's a great exactly, way. Exactly. Yeah. Lay on the couch yeah. for three days. I haven't seen inside the gym in quite a while, man. I can't. I, well, I can't breathe, so <laughs> it's making working out pretty difficult. It's so funny. Like I, I get on such a tip about it sometimes. I'm like, God, I gotta go home and like do something. And then just, like, the idea of unfurling my yoga mat in front of my TV in my room by myself yeah. seems like such work. It's like, oh, God, yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> put it on the floor. So I have, so here's here's my, like, kind of revelation about yeah. the, the whole gym situation is that, like, if you're anything like me, you want everything to be perfect. So you uh, have to wake up at the yeah. right time. You have to eat mm-hmm. the right yep. food. You have to go at the 100%. right time. You have to do the right workout, right? All that is nonsense. <laughs> All that is complete. <laughs> what it is is you don't want to do it, yeah, yeah, so you're building it. in as many checkpoints yeah. as possible so that when one of them doesn't get marked, you have a valid excuse not to do it. So the only thing about going to the gym that you should ever focus on is just getting there safely. Yeah. Like, getting into the parking lot. If you can wake up in the morning and get yourself into the parking lot, like, go hop on a bike, go jump yeah, yeah. rope, like... <laughs> Watch the Today Show or whatever it is that's on television these days. Uh, just do whatever, but just get there first, you know. And once you get there and you've gotten there for a month straight, then you can worry about like how am I spending my time. I tell my kids all the time when they're like struggling with like procrastination, or doing yeah. schoolwork. It's like, here's the thing: if you have to do something that you don't want to do, anything else is a better idea, and it's a distraction. Exactly, like even yeah. if you if you have a paper you want to write. And you had dishes to do. You'd rather do the dishes. You're like, oh, dishes. I, oh, st- yeah. I can't do the paper unless yeah. these dishes are going to drive me nuts. Yep. It, any distraction yeah. will do if yeah. it's not something yeah. you're totally feeling. It's, oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. Well, that's good to know. So I don't feel so bad because I assume you were going to come back in here like with like a 12-pack, like Just, six in the front and six in the back. No. And... No. No. I don't know if that's healthy. They should no, look I out for that. <laughs> um, hey, uh, a month from now, all right? Uh, I asked you about the Joe Rogan uh, stand-up. Yeah. Uh, have you been watching, listening to the podcast? You been on the podcasting game at all lately? Been I have been uh, heavy on Kill Tony. And Kill Tony. Is that, his, is that Hench Clips? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's fantastic. Yes. They draw names out of a bucket. That person does 60 seconds, and then they get like a five-minute interview. Oh, okay. And they have guest comedians. They have a band. It's unbelievable. It's nice. like the best thing going right now mm. that, that I've encountered. But um, yeah, I've done that. I've done a little bit of Rogan. He had uh, Jordan Peterson and I haven't listened to. Oh him. Lord, no! I, yeah, I know. I, just... I it's such a problematic yeah, like, podcast. Yeah. What, I'm so curious because I, I I hear the name Jordan Peterson all the time, and I like I know what it means when people talk about him. And, yeah, like, the Sam Harris's of the world. Like, yeah, all these. Yeah. Like, what's the term they're using for all those type of guys? There's like um, it's like a blanket term. I'll, have uh, to, I'll think about it later. Yeah. And I'll, I'll mention it. But I'm so curious to hear like, because I know so many people who just name check Jordan Peterson as like a life like. Uh, like source right and I'm like I don't know anything about this guy I'm even curious like nothing not really like I know I know that he's controversial yeah and I know that a lot of people really like him I know a lot of people hate him so uh, I'm very intrigued by people like that yeah, oh, I'm friends right, with Parkinson. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Really love him. Right, yeah, if somebody's giving you, um, if somebody's making that kind of news, you kind of want to see what all yeah, the, just, well, the fuss is about. Yeah, just want to know what it's about, about right? Yeah, yeah, and I get as, it. And for as much as I don't think Rogan holds his guests to the fire very much, I'm still, it's still an interesting place to hear somebody talk. Like, it kind of brought Elon Musk down. <laughs> yeah, Yo, how about, about that? it, yeah. <laughs> but that was a really good one. That was one that I listened to in its yeah. entirety. I was a big fan of that. Um, 
but he has just a number of just fantastic guests. He had this guy Steve Rinella on. That might be mm. the the one that I listened to most recently. And he's an outdoorsman. Yeah. But he's like really well versed in the way that people move through the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really well versed in the way that um, animals have developed and species have spread out. Yeah. yeah. So even though he's an outdoorsman and an avid mm. hunter, That's he's just cool. got these incredible stories nice. to tell. Yeah. I try to listen to the ones where I know nothing about it. Yeah, where you don't know anything about the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I go on. Yeah. I think we've talked about it before. I go on cycles with Joe Rogan yeah. because he tends to talk about the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, yep, yep. However, especially him. Yeah, yeah. However, that's why I like his stand up because the stand up is much more like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. I'm gonna get points out and yep. then that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I suggest you folks go look up the vegan cat bit that he did, which is oh the, my god, I almost died. I yeah, it was fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having, like, struggling to breathe in my chair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to figure this out. We talked a couple weeks ago, and you sent me a message that just said, what's my Twitter handle? Oh, yeah. And I went looking for it, and I couldn't figure it out. Me either. You still don't know? Nah. So I can't even promote you as... Nah. My, I, no, don't try to find me on the internet. <laughs> no, I'm not there. It doesn't matter. I deleted... Oh, man, I'm making progress. I deleted all the social media off my phone. All of it? Yes. Nothing. You're on no, no platforms. No, I mean, the, the accounts exist. Oh, but it's not here. on my phone. Oh, right, I can't. Yeah, see. yeah, it would be work to go turn those things uh-huh. off or whatever that is. Um, so yeah, I deleted it all off my phone, and now I'm using the Screen Time app on my phone yeah. to keep track of what I'm doing, and I'm setting app limits. Yeah, I'm trying to get it down, down, down. You guys should go to your settings if you have an iPhone, mm-hmm. check out Screen Time, see how much time you're actually spending on your phone, and then think about how many better things you could be doing with that time. It's like anything else. I read something about this that was like, if you die, if you want to diet. What you should do is just keep keep track of it and yes. write down everything you yes. eat over the course yes. of the day. Like maybe I didn't need that whole thing of salami. Yeah. And just when you start thinking right. about it, you're just like yeah. the idea of yeah. it having to know yeah. is very disconcerting. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's like how many Reese's peanut butter cups does a person eat in a month? You know, was like, your screen time higher than you thought it was going to be? Yes, yeah, significantly. significantly. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I'd really. I'm going to check yours. I want to know what yours is I'm so because curious. I'm really embarrassed what, about what. Do you know mine how to pull is. it up? My, yeah, my phone's yeah. got to do this right now. Yeah. Do it okay. right now. What All am I right, looking so at? So go to settings. Go to settings. Okay. Update your phone, you bum. Oh, I gotta update my phone. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay, so I'll update my phone. Oh, I'll leave okay. it going, and then we'll do it afterwards. Okay. okay. All right. Hold All right. on. I'll tell you what mine is, um, because I I'm trying to live my truth here. Uh, <laughs> if it updates before it's done, I'll let it do it. All right. So today is an hour and eight minutes. Today. Uh, today. No, that's actually really good. It's 32 minutes of reading and reference, eight minutes of productivity, and six minutes of social networking. Six minutes of social networking. That includes text messages. All right. I promise I'm not actually on social media. Uh, well, you know, that's the other one. Does it count, like, if you, if I'm working at my desk, right, yeah. and I click my phone, look at the time, I turn it, and, yes. and it stays on. Yes. Uh, it counts it as, um, it, it also keeps track of how many times you check your phone. So it, ta- okay, so it's taking track of everything. Everything. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, take a look there's at this the, there's oh, the breakdown, wow. right? So I'm oh, addicted to the news. 32 minutes of news. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm addicted to the yeah. news app. Oh, so, man. It's, yeah. And then I have be... a timer, so I'm not allowed to read more than 15 minutes of news a day because I would wake up in the morning and I would read like oh, an dude. hour of news. My... Like everything. It's just, see, this is horrifying to me because it's just going to say news, Reddit, uh, like the Liverpool. App. You gotta know, buddy. Gotta you know. gotta know. All right, well, my phone's right, reloading. We're gonna do this. Okay. Before I before we end, uh, I'll I'll see if it loads right. up. All right. My other question was for you. Uh, you, I was watching SNL this weekend. I don't yeah. know if you watched SNL. Not this weekend, but I do. Yeah. Did you I see do. that your boy Anderson Pack was the guest host? How was it? He was that. Was he host? Or he was music, the, the musician. 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 Okay. It was very good. He killed yeah, it. Yeah. He's amazing. He was excellent. Yeah. Uh, 
So let me ask you, you're always up on that new music tip. Yeah. What's, something, what's something you're on to right now? You always all got right, new music. All right, so we're going to take a look. Uh, Chance the Rapper put out two new songs. Oh, very nice. Uh, yup. Anderson Park put out a whole record called what, Oxnard. What's that? Uh, Oxnard. That's the yeah. album he was... Um, it yeah. was pretty good, man. It's I, real good. And everything that he makes is real good. So it's just... It's super easy to listen to. Um, I've got new Meek Mill and new Ghostface just because sometimes <laughs> I... I likes to get ignorant. Did you listen to the new Drake, uh, did you listen to the new Drake album that came out? I did not. I didn't know. No, I'm unaware of Aubrey's comings and goings. Did you listen to the recent Kanye album? Because I still haven't listened to it. Yay? Yeah. Oh, yes. Did you like it? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It it was sometimes it's a little too artistic for me. Um, I, I, for over the years... I know that sounds crazy because like, I listen I to Aesop Rock too, but like mm-hmm. I go to Aesop Rock because I want something abstract and kind of difficult right. to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're um, I sometimes I miss Kanye just making soul beats. Like I really, that's what I want to hear. You just want to hear that song, old Kanye again from. Yeah, or he just yeah. talks about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just me, man. It's just it's not no, a true. condemnation of his ability or what he does. Uh, also, he's rubbing I me kinda, a little bit the wrong way. You know. Did uh, you like Jay Z growing up? Oh, uh, very much so. Yes. When did you? What album did you drop off on Jay Z? Are you still on every Jay Z? I'm pretty much on every album. I started quite honestly. I started on the Blueprint. And then uh, just kind of stuck with it ever since. Four forty four was really good, yeah, right? Because really what I, I guess what I'm getting at is like when the album that came out after the Black album, uh, Kingdom Come, with, Kingdom Come, yeah, that was the first time I was like, mm, I don't know if I care about this. Anymore. Yeah, it's definitely not a highlight. And I'm wondering if because of how I didn't listen to this recent Kanye album, if yeah. I'm kind of did I am I. Just, not care anymore. Maybe I don't care anymore. Maybe yeah, it's it's possible that you don't care anymore. That's like, that's I love totally every acceptable. Kanye album, but I haven't even listened to it enough to make like a real judgment on Same, it. Same, like, but he hurt himself because he put that that Pusha T album is probably the best rap album what, of the yeah. year. It's unbelievable. It's so good. I'm gonna listen to it on the way home. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm doing with music right now. I love now. it. I love it. I like how it's all rap. You have no, yeah, no dude. rock and roll. No, no. I don't no. think there's a lot of phenomenal and someone's gonna send me a message on twitter saying so that i'm wrong but i don't know if there's a ton of killer rock and roll music that's out there that i feel like i'm missing maybe I, maybe i'm not I hearing about it maybe I i'm love not hip-hop. looking lately I, you know for a long time i fought it because like you know growing up in a small town it was like wasn't really yeah. acceptable for me to listen to hip-hop but i, I kind of just got over it at a certain point in time and that's basically all i listen to now it is I do love hip hop just because growing up at Proctor and like growing up with hip hop around me and like having friends who loved it. But I do notice as I get older, um, I'm a little. I tend to go listen to the same things over and over again. That's yeah, the other one I've yeah. gotten fallen into, which is a yeah, problem definitely, for me. Definitely. I need to start forcing myself to listen to more stuff. Uh, yeah, I try to do that every now and then. Henry Rollins got a really good, really good deal. He doesn't. Oh, yeah. li- he only listens to new music throughout the week, and then Saturday and Sunday he allows himself to listen to a record he's heard That's before. He's an animal. Listening to podcasting actually kind of killed that for me too, because in yes. the time I would spend listening to music now is the time I'm in my car listening to like the New York Times podcast or yeah, right. whatever yeah. where it was going on. Uh, I was gonna do some Christmas shopping help with you, but since you didn't do any shopping, I don't know if this is gonna help me. <laughs> yeah, at all. sorry, bro. Uh, I would needed a gift for an outdoorsman type, a coffee lovers type, and a sportsman type. I didn't know what to get for any of them. I'm kind of, I'm kind of struggling. That's tough, man. They're all tough. That's I'll fine. help you. I'll help you. Don't worry. I'll right, send. We'll figure something. I'll, I'll send you links. I'm down to the brewery. Yes. Yeah. You want a couple lightning round questions before we head out here? Let's do Close it. Up. All right. Uh, and again, folks, uh, follow the Twitter Saranac Brewery. Go to saranacbrewery.com or saranac.com slash shop. What was it? Saranac.com slash shop. Saranac.com yeah. slash shop. Cliff Montoni joining us. Uh, I guess it's third or fourth time. I don't remember anymore. But we got. I some didn't lightning. get a trophy. 
You, you're, you're, you're number one in my heart. Thank you sure. very much. Uh, okay. Keep me warm at night. Cliff Montoni. Uh, here's some lightning round questions. All right, let's go. Question number one: What was the worst job you ever had? Oh my god, the worst job I ever had. <laughs> Kevin laughing in the studio. <laughs> uh, no, the worst job I ever had was in a powder coating factory. Um, powder coating. Yeah, yeah, coating. yeah. Like they, um, they ionize paint and it oh, sticks okay. to metal parts. Yeah. yeah. Um, bless them. My mom's worked there for thirty years. She got me the job. She still works there. She's the love of my life. Uh, but it is a, a hard, hard job, and it makes you grateful <laughs> for everything that you have. Uh, when did you first feel successful? Never. Never. Sometime in the future. I think sometimes I, I read someone say this once that if you aren't a little bit like scared or concerned doing what you're doing, you're you're not doing a good job. No, you need just, to be a little bit. Yeah, work until you're tired and move towards what you're afraid of. Good, good. Yeah. If you had to find work in another field, another line of work, what skills would you put in your resume as number one and number two? Highly lit. Um, <laughs> hey, that's number one. Good. Very strong. Um, <laughs> Number one and number two. Yeah, like what are your? What would you say your top skills that you bring? Oh man, well I guess I, I guess the the biggest one is uh, my ability to multitask, mm. and uh, mm. and then my That's number strong. two would be my complete inability to focus on a single thing. That's fair. Yeah, let's yeah, be are, let's be honest. They kind of run into yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. Don't they? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, if you need me to make widgets at a desk, we are just doomed. I can't do it. What's the most interesting thing you've ever heard about yourself that wasn't true? <laughs> I don't know if we can answer those questions. Yeah, I know. Oh man, <laughs> the most interesting thing I've ever heard about myself that wasn't true. I don't know. I don't know. People don't be talking about me like that. No. They better watch your mouths. <laughs> <laughs> You're so aggressive. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh, what's the most interesting opportunity you've gotten uh, through your time at the brewery? In terms of either meeting somebody or doing something cool, or what's the most interesting thing that's sort of come up because of your work at the brewery? Honestly, so much of what I do is is kind of cool on a on a day to day basis. Um, I, I'm really into um, I'm I'm kind of into science, so uh, mm. hanging out and talking to the guys in the lab nice. is probably my favorite, most interesting opportunity, and it's something that I, I do as often as possible, which is still not often enough. So the science behind brewing is truly yeah, an yeah. amazing thing. I was lucky enough uh, when Kev was there to uh, take a uh, tour down to yeah. the Pilot Brew area to yep. take a look at some of the stuff, and it was yeah. really yeah, really we have some cool, really amazing stuff. things. Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. Uh, what's the most? Oh, this is this should be an easy one. What's the most embarrassing fra- uh, phase that you've gone through? Did Charles the Cat just sneak into this? Yeah, for sure. Most Charlie. embarrassing phase. Most embarrassing I phase ever went through. Uh... Jenko jeans pretty high on the list. You had Jenkos? Oh, for sure. Pa- was it? Sure. There was Pepe's and Jenkos and then uh, pipes. I think it was. I was yeah, no, your man was Jenko all the way. Well, because Jenko weirdly was the higher end of those three brands. Were yeah. they not? I believe like that <laughs> was like guess. the nice brand. I guess. Yeah. I was just talking about somebody about like style. Cycles. Oh, new metal. New, new metal. metal. Yo, was tough. new metal. That was a hard Some one. Of the- <laughs> you got to know yourself. They'll love yourself. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So I was saying this to my kids a couple of days ago. A lot of the stuff that the kids wear now was cool, like, in the 90s, right? Flannel, the champion hoodies, a lot of sweats, a lot of, like, crew necks, things like that. I'm waiting for the 2000 stuff to come back around so I can watch the baggy jeans and, like, the... It's good. Is it going to come back or are the kids going to realize it was terrible? Or will somebody make it cool and then, like, like... Yeah, somebody will make it cool. You're on a 20-year cycle, right? 
Yeah, like, like one of generally. these like young mumblecore rappers will start yeah, wearing exactly. Jinko jeans, yeah. and they'll be like, "Yo, I yeah. gotta get a pair." Yeah. Have Jenko logo tattooed on his face <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Hold on, man. Just, <laughs> just, just live through. You'll the figure it out. It gets all right. Um, no, I would uh, tell younger me to go to barber school. Um, barber school. Yeah, not mess with all that college stuff. That's all nonsense. All right, so I pulled my setting up. Here okay. we go. I look like I'm loaded. What am I looking all right, here, for? No, right no, 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 no. You've gone too far. You've gone too, too far. much. Okay, here we go. Screen, Screen time. time. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just starts tracking it. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 15 <laughs> seconds, 15 and it's spent all in settings. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I'll just assume that it would be Reddit, uh, the news app, which I really do spend a distant yeah, amount of yeah, time yeah, on. Yeah. That's okay, because you're going to lead off the show next week by telling us... I will do it next week okay, my cool. screen time. Right, and cool. I'll see if I can get Heather to do it, too. Yeah. Heather might yeah, already yeah, be on this. Yeah. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show uh, you're currently reading, listening to, or watching. Uh, I just finished uh, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by uh, Mark, of- Mark Manson. Yeah, it was yeah. a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Did yeah. you like it? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's good. It's super approachable. It's an easy read. Uh, it's an easy introduction to m- mindfulness and, and presence without uh, being Eastern in religion or yeah. New Agey woo-woo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good. Yeah, it's, no, so it's, it's really, good, it, it's excellent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically just, you know, letting everybody know that you only have a finite amount of resources and you kind of choose how you see things and it's probably best to spend your resources on the things you actually care about. Um, yeah, it's funny, actually. You know, just... the things that are really important. But you have to, right, you have to have a concept of what is and is not important to you before you can break it down and actually spend more time focusing on those things. I think that's like the big crux of like the whole millennial baby boomer generation gap argument and all this like people looking at each other. It's like there's just a genuine shift in terms of priorities for what people yes, care about. Yes, absolutely. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of factors yep. for it. You could say money, you could say just time, mm-hmm. whatever the world's changed, things are different mm-hmm. now, but like I see all these articles it's like oh millennials and young folks not spending money on Christmas and it's like well, cause smart because we, we realize that yeah, like, why are we like spending out. this money on Christmas you know what it is we don't have it we don't have it that's, that's a big part probably of it too. the part of it that's the part that no one likes to talk about yeah uh, Cliff, I want to thank you for coming back. I appreciate you as it's always. It's a pleasure. It really is a shame not having you upstairs anymore. I just miss having you guys up there. Yeah. Not that I don't see enough of the other one. He's here all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, um, did I walk as loudly as he did? Could you tell the difference between us? Well, here's the thing. Once you guys took the carpet up, everything was loud. Yeah, okay. All right. Like, honestly, the loudest thing Allegedly was... Allegedly took the carpet up. The loudest thing... Well, there's a new carpet up there, so okay, there's... Okay, cool. All right. Uh, I think the largest thing was having Drexel up there. Yeah. Because Drexel... He's a maniac. ...would have the big, giant, rawhide bone. And yes. that was actually the thing that would bang right, around, right, right, probably, right, right, for right, me right, at least, right. uh, most of the time. Now, yeah. I'm deaf. I can't hear anyway. Yeah. So if I'm putting on Netflix or TV, poor Kevin or anyone who else is here has to listen to it like, <laughs> as loud as they normally would. So it's really more of a problem for like Kevin and them, who have like good hearing and yeah. must just be bombarded with sound yeah. all day long. Tough I'm, break. Yeah, he's like, all right. On a scale of one to ten, I guess I'll leave you with that. Mm. On a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. how much do you miss seeing your pal Kev at work every day? Eleven. Eleven. That's Eleven. Very sweet. Yeah, That's he's very a good sweet. man. I yeah, do miss him, one. but I'm totally uncomfortable with it. So I just randomly send him curse words. <laughs> yeah, that's just how I text <laughs> him. I just put him. I send him put downs every now and then. I'm sure he likes that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the, you can't see him right now. He's in the green room right now, just punching his fist, like yeah. just punching the inside of his hand, waiting for you. He better. 
Uh, I hope he's loose. Clifford, thank you yes, so sir. much. Always a pleasure. Hey, thanks for talking to me. It's always a pleasure. We're going to see you soon for Christmas holidays. We're going to get some sort of party or something going on. So Certainly. Each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, thank you very much. Folks, my coat. It's a great coat. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Kid. <laughs> uh, we're back. We're back. Folks. Oh God! Thank oh, you Jesus. once again to great. Cliff Montoni for joining us. Uh, great I... conversation. Uh, Heather's being overly emotional in here in this. Because <laughs> I'm a girl. Because I'm a girl. Overly emotional. Uh, let's do some. Uh, Jeez, guys. Let's do some history lessons. We went. Oh no! Now I'm overly emotional. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. These are not as good as last week's history lessons. Oh, because last week's were just. Oh, they were good. I've last never week. forgotten. Uh, on this day, 1818, 1818, Illinois year? was admitted to the United States as the 21st state. Uh, although we knew the area from 1673 when French, ex- uh, French explorers canoed down the Mississippi River, uh, it wasn't until uh, 1818 that it actually became uh, a state. Up until then, it was actually part of the county of Virginia. So there you go. Illinois, very flat. Um, yes. There's a band called Illinois. They've got a song <laughs> called Hang On. Great song. Download it, listen to it in your car this week. <laughs> uh, Illinois True. is known as the land of Lincoln because Abraham Lincoln spent most of his life there. In 1858, Lincoln ran against Stephen A. Douglas for the U.S. Senate. Uh, Lincoln's stand against slavery during several debates in Illinois gave him national attention, and although he lost the election, he became president two years later, or as we call it, the Beto O'Rourke plan. So, moving forward. Uh Got a lot of thoughts about that. Huh? Lots of thoughts. I got a lot of thoughts about, about that. Uh, tallest man in the world was born there. In Alton, Illinois, he was 8 foot 11. That's a lie. I was born in Utica. <laughs> and 491 pounds. He wore a 37 size shoe. Jeez. Uh, chi- Chicago is the nation's third largest city and is the sixth most populous state in the country. Do you know there's a replica of the Leaning Tower of Pisa in Illinois, in the city of Niles? Are we still Illinois? Oh, yeah. Illinois facts. Oh. Yep. Uh, I thought this was kind of cool. I was over here thinking about shoe size. Yeah, she's like, she's got her arms out here trying to measure. Uh, this is the religious breakdown of Illinois, okay? It's 80% Christian, 16% no religion, and then 4% other religions. That seems kind of weird. You'd think it would be the other way. I, you'd feel like other religions would be 16 and no religion would be 4. No, would you say the first one was 80% Christian? 80% Christian, Christian, which probably includes Catholics. Yep. So that makes sense. Christian, yeah. Catholic. Uh, because no other Catholic religion Protestant is giving a big enough yeah. market share to outbeat the, yeah. the, no, the nothing. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and, of course, the first Dairy Queen opened in Illinois in Joliet, 1940. And that's where my sister lives right now, in Joliet. So she can go to the first Dairy Queen, Kelly, mm-hmm. if you want to go out there and get me a, a blizzard, whatever it is. Yeah. Put the blizzard in the mail. Yeah, send it to me. It's very cold. It'll probably be fine. Um, False. (laughs) Turns out it goes through many buildings and trucks (laughs) on its way here. Uh, We've talked about uh, Disney a lot, uh, so I'll try and rush through some of this. 1901, Walt Disney the Man is actually born. Uh, Did you know that he was actually the voice of Mickey Mouse up until 1947? I thought thought you were going to say a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, well, we'll get to that, too. There's some stuff on that as well. Uh, Can you do a Mickey Mouse impression? Um, I could... 
I mean, if with a gun to my head, I could probably crank out a uh, huh, huh, oh boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You, can you do it? No. Great friend of the pod, Steve Anderson, does an incredible Mickey Mouse impression because he worked at Disney for all that time. Yeah, he used to leave really inappropriate messages from the voice of Mickey Mouse on my phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'll over. Uh-huh. It's like, it's, it's You'll see him shortly. He'll be here, Heather. Make him do the impression. Yeah, when he comes in, it's unsettling. Um, he can also do the entire onboarding instructions for guests for Pirates of the Caribbean in Spanish. What did he work and for? He did, yeah. He okay. worked on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. He speaks no Spanish but the keep your arms and limbs inside. It's the only <laughs> Spanish he knows. Uh, during the war, Disney employed uh, Disney employees created educational films for various federal agencies, including a 1942 animated short called The New Spirit to try to encourage people to pay their income taxes as a way to support the war effort. The film, which starred Donald Duck, was shown in thousands of movie theaters and even earned an Academy Award nomination. Uh, Disney Studio also made training films for the Army military and created free of charge more than a thousand insignias for military units. It's actually something I've seen before. Yeah. It's pretty wild. They have some. It's strange to see all what the Disney characters. They like so like a lot of the like the let's say there's a group of pilots, right? They'd be like the flying whatever. Disney would create. Like the company, oh, the man okay. would create like emblems for particular groups, oh, okay. right? And they would wear them on their uniforms and stuff. I was just thinking about how crazy it would have been trying to collect income tax back before there were even like addresses. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This guy That's lives out point. in the woods near that one tree beside the stream, and he owes us money. Like, no wonder they'd encourage people to pay the tax. Uh, Walt Disney himself holds the record for the most individual Oscar wins, twenty-two, and nominations, fifty-nine. Uh, That'd be a good trivia question because I yeah, wouldn't guess that, but then I would hear it and be like, "Oh, I should have known." Well, it's crazy though because all the awards are for animated movies. He actually, they actually didn't get a real Best Picture nominee until 1964 for the classic Julie Andrews film Mary Poppins. That was the first time a live action Disney movie ever achieved that kind of credentials. And no, despite popular uh, popular rumor. Disney was not cryogenically frozen. He will not come back to life. The, the first American. Uh, cryogenically frozen was in 1967. It was Ted Williams. So, not, six, not in 67, I'm sorry. But Ted Williams didn't die in 1967. Yeah. I'm sorry, the first person to be cryogenically frozen was an American university professor in 67. Since then, more than hundreds of other, including Ted Williams, who died Ted in 2002. Williams, Ted Williams is just his head, though. Right? Yeah, 2002. Just They've only frozen that's the head. So weird. They've buried the rest. What are you going to do? You're going to put him on top of like a robot? Maybe they in their brain think that. I, what a business. Like, <laughs> I don't know. All you need so is like a, a large sized freezer. And you can start charging these athletes estates okay. monthly. Oh, yeah, I'll froth. Don't worry, guys. I'll freeze his head. <laughs> so let's think about this. You say you're going to open a business. You freeze people cryogenically to come back sometime in the future. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. Right. Ten years down the road, your obviously scam company goes down the drain. Do you just unfreeze everybody and that's it? What happens to all the people who are frozen if the business shuts down? Does someone take over the frozen yeah, body? Like, you just, all you got to do is not unplug your company doesn't go down the tubes because Ted Williams Estate is sending you a handsome sum every month. That's more than enough to keep the power bill out. I could, I, we could be freezing cryogenic heads here in the basement of the apartment. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, so, a lot of. <laughs> I gotta be honest. A lot of these were birthday stories. That was Walt Disney, 1948. Ozzy Osbourne was born on this day, mm. also 1948. Do you have any thoughts about Black Sabbath before I rip through a couple of these facts real uh, quick? Do you know any, do you know any back... 
I, I would know if I heard one. You're sure. crazy, crazy train. Yeah. You, no, no, crazy, crazy train is not no, like that's Santa. Just him. Is that just him? This is regular ass Ozzy. I would Iron know Man? if I heard one. You would know Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, I know Iron Man. Iron Man, okay. Paranoid, a couple of that stuff. Um, Black Sabbath certainly gets credit for being some of the progenitors of heavy metal. Uh, there were a lot of really cool bands that wouldn't exist mm-hmm. if they didn't. Uh, that first album or two are really kind of classic rock classics that. It's weird because people look at Black Sabbath as like, oh, this heavy metal band, but like those albums aren't that heavy by mm-hmm. today's standards. Mm-hmm. So it's not so different from ACDC, Led Zeppelin, different stuff like that. Um, definitely influential. Uh, what else can you say? What a second run with the reality show wave of like. I, I kind of wish I never saw it because I never knew mm-hmm. he was. He just seems so burnt out. Well, because he used to I be the guy that everybody was like scared yeah, of. Yeah, so like, when I watched it, he's going to turn your like, kids into <laughs> Satanists. <laughs> Couple watched, weird. This is a nice old man. Yeah. <laughs> Couple weird things about that. Uh, one, he claims that he's never actually watched an episode of it, which would make sense because why would you watch it? Why would you watch it? What's the point? Uh, apparently, there is a wax statue of him that was created in 2001 uh, that has a motion sensor that when you get near it, it starts peeing at you. Mm. Like it squirts oh, right at you. This is commemorate his famous story of him peeing on the Alamo. Right. Which, um, the original name for the band, Black Sabbath, was actually the Polka Tolk Blues Band because they initially had a slide guitar player and a saxophonist. They changed their name to Earth before settling on the final name, Yo, Black, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath is an underrated yeah. band name. name. Black <laughs> Sabbath is a really cool name. Uh, he claims to still get stage fright, which I guess, yeah, whatever. More power to you. That's still what you do. All right. Uh, on this day, also 1949, one year later, Jeff Bridges was born. <laughs> I don't know who's more exciting for you, Jeff Bridges or Ozzy Osbourne. That's an actor, like uh, most Bridges. notably known for playing The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Rolling Stone ranked his top ten movies. Uh, Big Lebowski was number two for him. What was number one? Movie he was in called The Fisher King, which is actually a Robin Williams movie that he's in. Yeah, sure. Uh, he actually he's been nominated for five Academy Awards. He's actually been nominated for six Academy Awards. He only won one in 2009 for the movie Crazy Heart, which I never saw. Mm. Uh, True Grit, 2010. He got nominated for it. It's a good flick. Worth watching. I like Jeff Bridges. You got a good Jeff Bridges movie? Big Tron guy? Uh, Big fan of Tron? Oh, he was in Tron, I watched wasn't Tron. he? Old Who was Tron. He, in? I feel like he, was he was in the in new one, too, though, wasn't he? Part of Tron the Legacy, movie? yeah. He's playing himself. He's playing the problem his... with Jeff Bridges is I get him so confused with, like, Kurt Russell Kurt and Russell. other <laughs> folks that, mm-hmm. like, I feel like he was in something that I liked, but uh, Lord, if I know. Uh, Fisher King, Big Lebowski, True Grit, American Heart, uh, Hell and High Water, Crazy Heart, Last Picture Show, Starman, Fabulous Baker Boys, Fat City, a lot of other movies. Um, yeah. I feel like I've seen some of them, but I wouldn't know by the name. He was in the first Iron Man movie, weirdly. Oh, there you go. That's oh, one of the things I was Stain. thinking of yeah. um, where I was getting confused with Kurt Russell. Something I will say about Jeff Bridges, um, I've listened to him on the Howard Stern Show. Oh, yeah. Howard Stern's a great interviewer, always mm-hmm. keeps people on for about 90 minutes, really gets people talking. Um, an underrated thing about the guy. But Jeff Bridges was on there, and he was very, very, watch it, fascinating. He was, mm-hmm. like, super interesting to hear him yeah. tell his whole story, how mm-hmm. he lives, who he is, and whatnot. And that always stuck with me, where even mm-hmm. if I haven't seen a ton of his movies, I'm like, this is a really interesting mm-hmm. person to have out there. He was on Marin once, and it was funny when you can tell mm-hmm. when Marin is, like, into somebody who comes in. Like, right, he likes right. their whole shtick, and he sense. definitely was in on Jeff Bridges' shtick. Uh, on this day, 1996... The unmanned space vehicle Mars Pathfinder was launched from yeah. Cape Canaveral, Florida, in order to explore the surface of Mars. This was the first in a series of missions to Mars that included rovers, and was the first successful lander since the two Vikings landed on the Red Planet in 1976. Although the Soviet Union sent rovers to the moon as part of the uh, their programs in the 70s, it, uh, it failed sending them to Mars, so mm. suck it, Russia. 
the reason I bring this up is because there's another Mars rover that's on Mars as we speak currently. So we are only, what, 22 years removed from it? Yeah. Have you seen some of the pictures? It's pretty cool. It they is got cool. The... You follow on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, Twitter. it's a good Twitter follow because they're doing the, it and it's hilarious because they're, <laughs> they're tying into the Wendy's thing where it's like it's going to mm-hmm. be a snarky account. So like, here's a good example. This was a tweet from NASA Insight as though it was speaking to you. I'm beaming. During my first full day here, I broke my first record by generating more electrical power than any previous robot on the surface of Mars. I get what you guys are doing. Mm. I like it. It's I'm cute. feeling it. I'm feeling it. I guess I'm just tired of like branded Twitter accounts trying to be like, hello, fellow young people, dab. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just kind of like. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, well, yeah. Our younger people are, getting, are on Twitter, so I. They're trying That's to get true. them interested in I would space. be. I hope that I live long enough to see high-quality pictures from the surfaces of wilder planets than Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Down on Jupiter and Venus. You know what I mean? Uh, Let me see what's going on. But it might just look like rocks in a cloudy sky. I don't Mars. know, but I think Mars is, is pretty boring to look mm. at. I mean, yeah. I'm interested in those. Like, I'm trying to see some Jupiter or some Saturn. Give me something wild. I'm trying to see what's up with Uranus. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, so. that means two things. It does. Uh, all right. Speaking of which, uh, Tumblr has decided. Speaking of what? Speaking of Uranus, uh, Tumblr has decided that on December 18th, they are officially banning all adult content from their platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I'm not a Tumblr person, but apparently. Pornographic and adult uh, content made up almost 12% of Tumblr's actual content. I'm genuinely surprised that it's that low. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Genuinely surprised that it's I didn't that know low. much about Tumblr. I had a Tumblr account. Yeah. I bought that. I just didn't know that it was like a platform for that. I just assumed. Oh, like, that's the that's one of the big that's one of the big things. Well, they're concerned that it's gonna like actually shut down the Tumblr platform because of so much traffic that goes there because it probably of it. will. Yeah. It's interesting to see them make that move because they were somebody who. Well, they, they never quite got the, like, you know, household name thing mm-hmm. of, like, an Instagram or a Twitter. Like, Tumblr was huge, and that was a huge part of their platform, and they stayed completely, I mean, on Tumblr, you could see the yeah. nittiest of the gritty in mm-hmm. a way that they don't even show you, even on Twitter to some degree, you know what I mean? And yeah. be interesting to see what happens to them. Uh, since Tumblr was founded in 2017, it had largely turned a blind eye to adult content. company had tried to shield it from public view through either safe mode or more stringent search features, but in the recent months, it began to consider removing content more aggressively. I want to say that there was some shady, like, illegal stuff that started popping up I'm and they sure. got in trouble for it. Whenever you're an open source platform like that, yeah. anybody can open any kind of blog that's like, you yeah. know, whatever, at yeah. tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. That could happen to you. Uh, other news this week. Uh, this is one that I thought was interesting. You know, I tell my kids a lot of stuff on the news about, like, things that happen. Like, I showed them the Mars rover stuff today, and some of them didn't care. You know right. what I mean? You show them some other stuff, they're kind of like, whatever. I told them that the creator of SpongeBob died this week, and they all freaked out. Did you guys see about this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stephen Hill, uh, Hillenberg. Pretty young, right? 57. Mm-hmm. 57, yeah. pretty young. Creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. You're that rich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like he uh, had some sort of severe illness. Looks like he uh, was diagnosed with ALS. So he had Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh, Lou Gehrig's yeah. 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 uh, Look, I don't really like SpongeBob. I like Rocco's Mo- Modern Life, which is another show that he helped create yeah. early on. Uh, but it's I can't deny that SpongeBob became such an outrageous cultural phenomenon with kids oh, yeah. below like our age range. That it's, Even when I was in college... Everybody was watching. I didn't. SpongeBob. I, I feel like I must have missed it by a couple years. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah, we were I was, very, the, I was the one with college kids watching. No, but SpongeBob. we were. We were. Sam, you're right. We did sit right in a in a certain spot to be. We weren't quite old enough to get the like. 
while we're, you know, yeah. stoned on legal yeah, things. Right. And this is funny for, like, subversive reasons. Yeah. And we weren't quite young enough to be like, oh, we just enjoy this. Like, my brother and sister, who I'm only, you know, four and five years older than, respectively, mm-hmm. love SpongeBob. But I remember right at the time when they were watching it, was right when I was getting too old for like cartoons on Nickelodeon or whatever it might be. I, I don't think it can be overstated the impact of it becoming a meme and oh, becoming. Mm-hmm. I mean, SpongeBob on meme culture is one of the. Yeah, it's one yeah, of the like, largest. It, but that's important now today. But like, that's why, because yeah. the majority of the people who are using these memes and on Twitter and inventing these things are people who yeah. grew up with it, who have that mm-hmm. touch point, that relevancy with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we've gone a little bit longer than I want, so I'm not going to talk too much about the Star Wars story, but did you see the guy got arrested named Luke Skywalker, and then Mark Hamill was trolling him on Twitter about it? I didn't. <laughs> Who names their kid Luke Skywalker? Like, Dude, you've seen these Star Wars people. They're insane. People are maniacs. Speaking of an insane story this week, uh, Nigerian President uh, Mamadou Bahari had to break a silence about a rumor that had circulated for months on social media that he had died and been replaced by a clone. The president had to come out and officially say, it's the real me, I'm not a clone. Although I have to admit, if you were a clone, that's probably that's what exactly you would say. Yeah, say. so, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily proved anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Here's another good one. This is from the Netherlands. Uh, this gentleman, a positivity guru named Emil Rattleband. Have you heard about this guy? No. He went to court uh, under an attempt to declare himself 20 years okay. younger than he actually was. He was 69 years old, and his argument was that because he was a guru who felt like he had shaved 20 years off his life, he should officially have his age changed to 49. That's not how that works, no. sir. Nope. Uh, the court filing was basically, you can say you feel like whatever age you want, <laughs> but you're not, right? <laughs> what a waste of what time. What a waste of money, and right? Time. Insecure like, man. Insecure why? Man. What an insecure man. Because I want to get older. Uh, and uh, before we close out today, we'll do one last thing. Uh, we are at least, I, what's today, the third? 22 days away from Christmas, three weeks away from Christmas. I don't want to hit too much holiday content. Uh, but I figured, I found a good one today that I'll probably forget about later on. Uh, this is, somebody put the top 13 highest ranked Christmas movies according to Rotten Tomatoes by their rankings. So I figured, um, there's two ways we can do this. I can give you the movie and you guys can guess what the ranking is. And ah, see who's closer. Close. What if I guess six and it's seven or like yeah. whatever? Well, who's closer? We'll see who's closer between the two of you. Okay, fine. Okay, right. fine. Shoot them out. All right. What is that ranking? Number one. Top nope. of many? Top how many? Uh, we'll do. I'll only do a couple. There's a lot of them, so we'll do. Give a few. it top like, like there's thirteen. Okay. Okay. So thir- where's our bottom? Yeah. In terms of score? Yeah. Like there's 20. nothing 13. lower. Thirteen is the bottom. You mean scores? No. Yeah. Nobody means scores. Okay. All right. So I'll start with this one. Uh, Scrooged, Bill Murray. Oh gosh. Like what rank is that? What rank do you think it got? Like three. Right? Three. That's such a great movie. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I okay. Agree. I've screwed this game up. I need you to give me a number on the t- t- Rotten Tomatoes right It's here. a list, 1 through 13, so we're guessing is this number 1? No, we're not. Yeah. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not. guessing the Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Is oh. it 20%? Is it 50%? Oh. Is it 100 oh, okay. percentages? Okay. I want to see it gets closer. Okay. Oh. So Scrooged, it is a fresh rating, so it's above 50, obviously. What is the overall rating? Scrooged. 85%. 85? Yeah. It's only 70%. That what? seems kind of low. I like Scrooged. I love no, that No, because they, they count in all the critics and everything. That, so well, they have a separate one. They have theirs, and then they have the critic. Well, it's I think Rotten Tomatoes always skews lower than you might think to it. It yeah. does a lot of lower stuff than you might see. You can, because of the way the ratings work, you can easily sort of skew them up or down. 
Huh? All right, here's one for you. The Nightmare Before Christmas. What do you think the kids... 87. Oh, um, 80. 95. Wow. People huh. love The Nightmare Before like Christmas. I didn't like that. I liked it a lot. Oh. I like that one. You don't like it? I don't know. Like it's it. sort of borderline a Christmas movie. It's like right in the middle. How about The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen, the classic like, Christmas like film? 64. 60, 74 is where it's at. Uh, I find it weird that that's ranked higher than Scrooge. Yeah, absolutely. Or Scrooge. I don't worry. Broader appeal. How about Elf? New it's Christmas probably, classic. It's probably like, I bet they give it like 80%. 84. 83. That's pretty cool. Wow, yeah, nice. That's right. I think Elf is actually very good. I, I, I find I, I Elf, it. Elf was, I here's the, just it. the weird thing about Rotten Tomatoes, though, because it weights the, uh, the critic scores. So a movie like Elf that didn't really get its full traction until like five, six, seven years later yeah. will be weighted strangely because those critical yeah. reviews when it first came out also matter for like Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. or whatever it is. How about Home Alone? Here's a classic Christmas 100. 100. I'm going to go in 90. 63. See? That's a See scam. what I mean? I don't, see what I, mean? I don't see that at Just all, man. Throw your phone out. Throw the whole phone out. That's Get the, rid of the phone. Mind you, that's the same rating that Love Actually has, which is another Christmas movie that people talk about all the time that I've never actually seen. Underrated. My brother... Never seen he, it. When my brother proposed to his wife, he did the whole Love Actually thing. He was like mm-hmm. at her house with the poster boards and all the shit mm-hmm. and everything. Um, what's Christmas Vacation? That's all I, all I care about. Not on the list. I'll have to pull it up See what I mean? This Gremlins. Is, well, Gremlins on the list. What do you think it is? Uh, 85. 84. I think Gremlins. They put Gremlins and Die Hard. I don't don't remember Gremlins at all. I remember what they look like, but Gremlin. The first Gremlins is a very good movie. It's really worth watching. It's creepy. Don't watch the rest of them though. I kind of like Gremlins too. You like like, New York? Does everything go to New York? No. So Gremlins two, the director Joe Dante pretty much said, "We have no reason to make this movie. I didn't want to make it, but the movie was so successful that they sort of made me make a sequel." Mm -hmm. So he just made a satire. Like that movie is like making fun of the fact that this movie shouldn't even be made. Yeah, it was so it's silly. it's not a good movie. It's just an interesting movie. They need to redo like, Gremlins. They would ruin it. No. It's like the same thing with RoboCop. This movie had a particular style that worked. You can't For make time. RoboCop and take out all the the snarky sort of satire aspects because then you get the remake that they made a couple years ago that has no value intrinsically at all. It's just an action movie, right? They would do the same I thing. I forgot they had remade that until you said that. Did they put exactly, because... It, huh? They put Die Hard on there? Yes, they did. Okay. Although, I, Die Hard's a perfect... Top five movie. Christmas movies in the world. What was number one? Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard. What was number one? What was their best rated uh, The highest... I think Nightmare Before Christmas at 95 was oh. the highest rated thing. Um, again, this list is so bullshit because it didn't put them in order. It just gave you the list and then the number afterwards. It's a dumb list. Uh, Edward Scissorhands had 90... Charlie Brown Christmas, Christmas had 90. Movie. It is a Christmas movie. That is? No, they don't do anything Have you watched it? It takes place during Christmas. Yeah, yeah really? Ish. That's more of a Christmas yeah, movie Christmas than Die Hard. Well, that's a great <laughs> point, and I'm glad you brought it to the floor. <laughs> but, like, no. Like, Gremlins legitimately is a Christmas movie. Like Gremlins I can't speak to, but Edward Scissorhands is not a Christmas movie. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. I would never think of that as I would never thought It's Christmas for like 10 minutes. I also haven't watched oh. Edward Scissorhands in years. All right. See? Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Edward Scissorhands? Don't you know? You scared me as a kid. I didn't like that he had scissor hands. It was a lot. Was weird. Right. Was <laughs> weird. All the weird scars on his face. Yes. Yeah. He was so handsome, that Johnny Depp. All right, let's move on to the end of the show. He's, no, I'm, I'm moving on. Very handsome. He's very handsome. With the scars and the powder makeup. That's his, how everyone thought back then. He was like, that was right after, what was the? Your edgy older sister thought that. Because he did that series of movies, that movie Cry Baby, which was another, oh, yeah. like, uh, that was another like movie where he was like heartthrob. What yeah. was the famous movie? Benny and June, is that him too? 
That was that whole period where Johnny Depp was all over the place. Yeah, what's he in Gilbert Grape? Yeah. That was DiCaprio. No, no, Johnny Depp was the guy, though. I'd never seen that all the way through. No, yeah, Johnny Depp's the main character. I don't remember every scene. All right, well, there you go. All right, let's let's go let's go home. I'm done. Thanks to Cliff Montoni for joining us again this week. Follow Heather on Twitter at heatherwaz one. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow SF Doom or don't just follow the Uticast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram. Even though I forget about it, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher podcast. We're taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We have 22-ish days to finish your holiday shopping. But it won't be this Saturday because we will see you at the brewery for the comedy show. show. You're damn right. Go to maidenutica.com slash shop slash comedy to get your tickets now. First ever of its experience. I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Good time. Um... That's it, folks. We'll we'll catch you next week, and uh, hopefully I'll have more grad school work done, and I'll be more chill. I know. I'm hoping. I am too.